What's going on everybody? I go by the name It's Marvy Marv And you are now tuned in to Gem Talk Where we have conversations that inspire greatness And I got somebody special with me today I got my guy S. Crap Blends What's going on bro? What's up, what's up? Welcome to Gem Talk, bro. I appreciate you taking the time. Man, thank you so much for having me on here. I want to say that I love what you're doing, man. You're an inspiration, and uh, you're dropping a lot of wisdom on the barber community, and we are very grateful for it, man. Thank you for being yourself. We love it. Yeah, man. I I appreciate you. I'm just doing my best to use my platform that God has given me to inspire people, empower people, help people. And just make a positive impact. You know, I, I've shared this plenty of times now, um, but my goal has always been to build the platform where I can bring the people on who are are wise and insightful and are, are smart and, you know, are, are, are good for humanity overall. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not just about what Marvy Mars got to see. There's a lot of people that got um, voices that don't necessarily have platforms. I mean, at least you've been able to build uh, a platform for yourself but there's a lot of people that don't so i'm just working to continue to build mine so i can give them a voice um as well you know what i'm saying that's dope man that's so dope yes sir so barbers where are you guys tapping in from i see uh they were getting on me a little bit bro because they said marv is late again because typically when i when i hop on uh the duties i'm always like a a, a minute or two late but vip uh, fades came to <clears throat> my defense and say he not late he was live on ig letting everybody go um we got a bunch of people in the building tanks in the building shot to my man tank uh chicago columbus uh h-town california texas fort myers new york tennessee uh palm springs and where are you tapping in from again bro you're from Tampa, Tampa, tampa florida yeah originally from the fort myers florida area that's, I was just there this weekend for the uh, gala. Very nice, man. I wanted to make it out, man. Boom's doing a phenomenal job, bro. I wish I could have made it. I- I'll tell you what, man. The um, the gala was more entertaining, and I'd even say better ran than I expected it to be. And you know, I've been uh, I- I've known Boom for a minute now, so I know that he don't play. You know what I'm saying? I know he- yeah, yeah. he's on it. And um, he 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 does things well, right? So I already had expectations that it was going to be a, a good event, a fun event, and, and ran well. But he even blew my expectations. I had a really good time. Was uh, really glad that I went. Super grateful that I got the opportunity to do a class there, and the the event was cool. Yeah, you know, it was a really good um, a really good overall event. He did a really good job. Really good energy, and the um, people seemed to love it. Um. So we titled this Crafting the Next Level Barber Identity. All right. And I got that idea from the post that you um, recently did where um, you are quoted as saying, if you are serious and not just curious, then you must adopt the next level barber identity. Until you own the next level barber identity, you will never be able to do the next level barber activities. And until you can do the next level barber activities, you will never have the next level barber lifestyle. Be, do, have. So my question to you is, what is a next level barber? 
So actually I taught on this at the Fort Worth Barber uh, supply class. And basically <clears throat> I was saying that everybody wants to, for the most part, they want to be the best barber in their city, or they may have a desire to be the best barber in their city, maybe the best barber in their state, uh, maybe the best barber in the world. Some people have a desire to uh, to to be, you know, have influence on YouTube or social media. Um, some people want to travel and educate, things like that. So <clears throat> what I said is uh, whenever I was talking about the best barber, I said, let's go ahead and define that as the next level barber. So I believe that there is, you know, your average barber who is just satisfied with doing haircuts and going home. And then in our industry, there's a lot of people that want to be that next level barber. So I was talking about, you know, the be, do, have before you can <clears throat> do the thing to have the stuff, you first have to become the person. So the next level barber is just that person who wants to take their uh, their <clears throat> craft to the next level. You know, maybe uh, have some things that um, that Marvy Marv has in his life. Right. So you're so what you're saying is basically the person that doesn't just want to to cut behind a chair in a barbershop do fly haircuts it's the yep. person that may have uh, a, a vision of uh, impact in the world through social media or you know doing classes or create their own own brand or making an impact the same way you are through youtube for you that's what you would consider a next level barber yeah it may look different for different people um you know some people uh, they just want to make more money behind the chair and <clears throat> make an impact in their community, uh, whatever that looks like. I mean, just basically taking it to the next level in your mind, how you define success. Okay. So speaking of uh, defining success, uh, how has your perception of success uh, evolved over your career? What did it look like to you when you first started? Um, what does it look like to you now? So <clears throat> my definition of success, I guess when I first started, I did have this idea of, you know, giving the best haircuts. As far as a barber, I thought that was success. If everyone in my community knew my name and obviously now with social media, we can gain influence by, uh, you know, our gift. However, I think that success for me is now defined by um, you know, how many people we can impact. And, and, you know, as you get older, uh, you know, before I used to love cutting hair, I mean, that's what got me up in the morning. <clears throat> that's what, you know, would keep me getting there early and staying late. I just love to cut hair. Uh, the older I get, you know, the more your back starts to hurt and things like that. Yeah. You really uh, start to hurt a little bit. Tightly. So, so cutting hair isn't my passion anymore. Um, I do believe it is a tool. It gives me the platform to have the influence that I have not just on social media, but into people's lives so I can speak into their lives. Uh, it gives me that platform to have one-on-one -on -one conversations where I can uh, inspire people and, and just really uh, try to help them level up in their life. So for me, success is, uh, is building up other people. That's what it looks like right now. It's just really, uh, you know, taking the knowledge that I have from, you know, whether it be you know, learning through books, through mentors, or just life experiences, and helping out <clears throat> the people that sit in my chair, or even people that watch on social media. I love it, bro. How did it start? Like the whole barbering thing, what got you into it? 
And, and how oh, old have you been? Right? You've been doing it for a little bit now. For a little bit. You've seasoned, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've actually been cutting hair for 31 years now, maybe 32. I believe it's 31. Oh, geez. Uh, Status has been unlocked. Barbara, let us know how long you've been cutting in the chat. And it's been cut for thir over 30 years. 31 years. And so basically what happened, I'm 44 now. I was 13 years old. And I just seen some kids in the neighborhood and, and, uh, man, they had some busted haircuts. I knew that at 13 years old, I looked at it and I was like, my God, man, who cut your hair? And they said the barber. And I said, you mean you paid for that haircut? Mm. And, uh, they said, yeah. So I was just messing around and I was like, bro, I could do a better haircut for, uh, than that. And I've never even touched a pair of clippers. So the mother you know, basically heard that I was talking about it. So she went and bought me a pair of clippers. And when it was time for them to get a haircut, she said, you said you can do better. Go ahead. And, uh, and that's where it all started. And I actually did better uh, than, than the barber. And the reason being, it was such a simple haircut, <clears throat> but just everything was uneven. I mean, the sideburns were uneven. The bangs uh, were, were crooked. I mean, it was just uh, hair left all on the top. Like they rushed through the haircut. So, uh, so basically I just, you know, did things that I would like for myself. I went, went over the top several times to make sure all the hair was knocked down evenly. I made sure that the bangs were straight, that the sideburns were, were level. And anyway, so, uh, so the mom was like, you really did better, you know? And, and so basically that's how it all started. I had kids in my neighborhood that were like, uh, Hey, you know, can you cut my hair? And like I said, at first it was just fun, you know, but whenever you're, you know, cutting all the kids in the neighborhood, it becomes a job. So I, you know, whenever the demand was there, uh, I went ahead and, you know, started charging a little bit. I think I started like $5 a cut, uh, which at that time, uh, the local barbers were charging, you know, probably six, $7 a cut. Uh, so anyways, I figured I was doing better than they were. I at least deserved $5 and, uh, just, you know, my influence, um, you know, began to grow and, it just went from there. You know, uh, I was wild in life. So basically whenever I stopped doing illegal things, I was like, man, whenever I gave my life to the Lord, I figured, you know, I got to do something legal now. Uh, so I was like, what do I have that I bring, I can bring to the table, something I can do legally to, uh, take care of my daughters. And anyways, it was cutting hair. So I uh, got my barber license and, and it was on from there. Was that like a, a difficult transition? Because I, I'm assuming some of the things you were doing were generating some cash. So to go from, you know, generating some cash to maybe you're not really generating as much cash. Was that yeah, yeah. challenging? It was challenging. However, what was more challenging because I was raised in a small town uh, and I had a bad reputation. The only place I could get a job at was McDonald's. And basically I gave my life to the Lord and I knew I couldn't sell drugs anymore. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was like, what can I do? And I put applications out everywhere. McDonald's was the only place hiring. So I went to McDonald's and that was a, a humbling experience in my life because, you know, I used to take people's orders, yeah. uh, <laughs> but now I'm in McDonald's really taking people's orders. And you know, whenever you're the local drug dealer and, and, uh, you know, I had, uh, made a pretty big name for myself. I was doing well in, in that business, um, you know, to, to see them pull up to the window and I'm like, can I take your order? That was, 
very uh, humbling. And uh, anyway, so that was a difficult transition. Whenever I was like something, I worked there for two weeks. And at that time, I think minimum wage was about $4.25 an hour. So after taxes for two weeks of hard work, that was hard work for me because I never really worked hard before that. Yeah. Um, you know, so my paycheck, I believe, was like around one hundred and thirty nine dollars. And uh, at that time, I had my first daughter. So, I mean, I was like, man, I can't even afford diapers or formula. So, yeah. So that was the challenging part um, when I went to barber school right after that, because I was like, I can't I can't do this anymore. You know, for one hundred and thirty nine dollars for two weeks worth of work, that was ridiculous. Uh, so I went to barber school got my license and I started working in my uncle's barber shop. In my first day, I think I made about three hundred and fifty dollars uh in that the debt in that just that one day compared to, you know, 139 for two weeks. And at that time it was kind of like, hoof, okay, I can do this. You know, this right. this is okay. It's not the money I was making, uh, but it's legal and, you know, I felt like I could do good with that. Yeah, man. It's it's so interesting to see in our industry, how many of us have came from similar struggles and similar backgrounds, you know, and, and, and challenging times and, and upbringings and being raised in tough environments. You know, that's one of the reasons why I think this industry is so special. You know, it's it truly is remarkable how many people can honestly say that barbering changed their life. Absolutely. Right. And that barbering saved their life. Absolutely. Because right? that's what it did for you. I mean, the the path you were on, you know where that path leads. Absolutely. Right. And money looks good, but when you look down the line, it's like I see where this could 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 go. Was there like a moment where something happened that it was like really a, a serious wake up call? I know you say you had kids. Was was that the wake up call or did like something wild happen where it's like I really got to figure this out. So, so it was a mixture, um, obviously. So just a backstory, whenever I was young, um, I didn't have the greatest father figure in my life without going into details. Uh, however, I always knew that I wanted kids, man. I always wanted to be a father. I don't know if that was because I wanted to prove that it could be done, you know, right. So whenever I had my daughter, it definitely was a wake up call that I need to make a decision. I did not want to be the father, uh, you know, to my daughter that mine was to me. Um, so, so I was like, you know what, I need to go ahead and, and do what I need to do to be the kind of father that I need to be. And so for me, I've always been an extremist. I always wanted to be the best at everything that I did. Uh, you know, whenever I was selling drugs, I wanted to be the kingpin, you know, um, and so whenever I became a father, I wanted to be the best that I could be for me. I know myself. And if I'm not committed fully, say to the Lord, then I know that I'm going to fall back into that lifestyle and do things that I shouldn't do, which is going to affect how I, I parent. Um, but also there was a time. So yes, my daughter had a huge part uh, to do with that. But at the same time, uh, there was a time that I got mixed up with uh, some very big people. Um, I'm trying to use yeah. word the word. People that don't play. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I got mixed up with some of the people who do not play. Yeah. And uh, 
excuse me one second my watch keeps going off but yeah i got mixed up with some people who do not, do not play and <clears throat> and we were very close i actually the guy who was uh who i was connected to in this organization um he was talking to a woman who was like a mother to me and so i was always just coming around and kind of smoking them out and i didn't know what he did and then one day he approached me and asked you know how much I was getting pounds for and keys for and anyways I told him and he said what if I can get you a better deal than that mm-hmm. and uh anyways I was like it's impossible I got the best deals there there are you know and anyways he he actually could get a better deal um so anyways I was at this place where you know I was just focused on making the money and basically one day um I felt like I started hearing the voice of God I just had that loud internal voice saying it's time to get out now you know like i just felt like something bad was going to happen um i don't know if that was the voice of god i'm sure it was it could have been instinct or whatever i just felt like something bad was going to happen and i just got in this place where i kept saying god uh, just let me you know i don't have an education you know this is all i know how to do so let me let me just uh flip this and once i flip this man i'll be set for a while i can you know, uh, pursue other things. And basically, uh, every time I would flip it, you know, I was like, let me just flip it one more time. I promise God, after I flip it one more time, I'll be set for, for, for a good long time. And, uh, and I'll stop. And I did that several times. And basically, uh, I had sold out of everything. So I went to re up, I invested every dime that I had because in my mind, I'm going to flip it one more time and I'm, I'm going to be done. So I put all this stuff in my safe in my house. And whenever I, I left to go actually pick up a, a little bit more money, not a whole lot, but just a little bit that someone owed me. And whenever I got back to my house, my front door was open. And um, anyway, so I, I walked in, <clears throat> went straight to the safe. It was wide open and everything was gone. Mm. So, Basically, I hit up, you know, my guy and I told him what happened. And he was like, no, it ain't no big deal, man. Just uh, you've been good to us. Uh, just tell us what you need. We'll front you whatever uh, you want. So I told him and basically I just heard this voice, man, that was like. So you've been telling me that once you flip this, you're done and you keep telling me the same thing. So now I've gotten you out of it and you're going to get back into it. And. <clears throat> So, uh, so then I was like, ah, you know, this inner, inner struggle. And I said, God, you know, I'm all right, I'm done. I said, the only problem is how do I disconnect from these people? (laughs) Usually you don't just leave, you know? Right. And just like, all right, guys, I'm done. Peace. Yeah. 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 When you get on that level, it's like, yeah, there's, yeah, you can't do that. So, uh, I felt like God was just like, just do what you got to do. I'll take care of it. So I called them up and I said, listen, man, um, I said, I, I want to just go ahead and get out. And he said, for what? And I said, well, number one, I have a daughter that I just had. I want to do right by her. I said, number two, I said, I don't know. This might not make sense to you, but I said, I have pastors all in my family. So my grandmother and grandfather, they are praying people. My mother's a praying woman. And I said, dude, I am losing my mind. I am so miserable. I'm so empty. And uh, I feel like God has been telling me it's time to get out. So I said, I just, I'm just going to give my life to God, man, and be done with all this. 
And he just said to me, I got a praying grandma as well. I understand. That was the last I talked to him. Uh, about a week later, uh, at the house that we always chilled at, um, couple guys ran in there with mask on and shot the place up, shot him several times in the chest. And anyway, so I don't know, man, I could have been there at that time. If I wouldn't have got out, like I said, I knew something bad was going to happen. I didn't know if it was, you know, death prison. I didn't know what it was, <clears throat> but when that happened, it kind of just reassured me like, man, like you heard, you heard from God and, uh, you know, God was watching out for you. So yeah, that's kind of what got me out of that. Yeah, man, it's uh, hearing all of that is is powerful, right? Right, that's that's powerful, and uh, it's easy to understand now while why uh, why you're just so grateful and thankful, yeah. you know? Because yeah. I, I, I'm sure you have plenty of moments in your life where you look back and you were like, "Man, some of the stuff I was yeah. doing, dude, I can tell you story." Was yeah, there was know? a time. There was a time. Um, and this is one of the things, too, that I realized, like, man, you know, this isn't the life that I really need because it doesn't just affect me, but it affects everyone else. Uh, there was a time when um, basically this biker gang or whatever uh, showed up to my mom's house and the guy knocked on the front door with gun in hand. And uh, he said, is your son Shannon Craft?" And she said he is. And he basically said, well. I want you to go ahead and let him know when I see him, I'm going to kill him. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So then she called me and she's like, son, please get out of town, you know, and um, that was an interesting situation. So <laughs> I've experienced some wild stuff, man. Yeah. Has there ever been that moment where you're like, you, you just really are wondering why you like, cause I'm sure you've known some people that have, have that have, not been as fortunate to be able to get out and and are on the path like you're on now they didn't make it right and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know whether they're under the, the dirt or they're behind the, the bars you know yeah has there ever been the a time in your life where you you sit there and think like you know why why did i get spared you know what what, what was what was the purpose of me why am i still here how, how did i yeah, get yeah, spared? Yeah. you know so i believe that we all have a purpose man and i believe with all my heart that God speaks to all of us. I just think a lot of us aren't listening. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to, you know, to get out earlier, but like I said, I just kept, you know, one more time, one more time, one more time. And fortunately I was able to get out, you know, before, uh, anything went really, really wrong. <clears throat> so, um, I, I feel like that, you know, God speaks to people, for example, you know, I had a uh, a really close friend of mine. His name was Popsy. And Popsy was actually the biggest drug dealer, like, when it comes to crack at that time. And uh, and Popsy, I don't know if you know anything about South Florida and the Everglades and all that stuff. Well, <clears throat> there was a sheriff named Sherman Dice. And Sherman Dice actually was, like, the kingpin. He was the one flying in all of the coke from like Colombian stuff and they would drop it off in the ocean and he had fishermen and some of those fishermen were friends of mine uh that the fishermen would go out in the boats and then they would pick up the you know i mean just like loads of coke and all this stuff and they would load it up and bring it back and anyway so popsy was kind of the man in my hood and so basically he was getting coke from the sheriff and he was cooking it and man he was just like uh just killing it in the crack game 
I mean, my man had semi trucks. I mean, everything you could want, he had it. And anyways, uh, whenever the sheriff got arrested, <clears throat> he obviously began to flip on everyone. And Popsy was one of those people. And he went away for quite some time. And then whenever he got out, I was wilding. And <laughs> basically, it was right before I gave my life to the Lord. And he uh, he would always talk to me and just be like, Shannon, man, like, you need to give your life to God, you know, and, and you've seen what, you know, I've experienced in my life. And I'm just here to try to steer you away from that. And, uh, and, and one time he looked at me and I was high as a kite dog. I mean, like eyes bloodshot. And, 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 uh, he looked at me and he says, Shannon, can I tell you something? And I said, what's that, bro? And he said, man, you got preacher eyes. And I was like, preacher eyes, like dog, I'm high as a kite right now. You know, and, and uh, anyways, and so he said, you know how I know that? I said, how do you know that? And he said, because I have preacher eyes too. And he said, man, I want to be the next TD Jakes. And he was just going off. And anyways, I was like, all right, that's cool. Whatever. Probably about a week later, I ended up giving my life to the Lord. Cause as he began to, you know, minister to me, it, it began to, you know, just really sow that seed in my life. And then with all the situations I was going through at the time, I just felt like, man, this is the right thing to do. So, uh, so I gave my life to the Lord. I went back out to the hood where I was from and I started telling people like, you know, I gave my life to the Lord. And, and all of a sudden I see, man, this back then, you know, the infinities or the pearl paint job, whatever, the 929, 626, all that stuff. Anyways, I've seen this brand new, um, you know, car pull up with the rims. And man, I mean, like, you know, we used to say they had gorillas in the trunk, you know, just beating down. Boom, boom. And I was like, man, who is that? And my boy said, that's Popsy. I said, where'd he get that car from? He said, man, he got back into, into the game and it's only been like, you know, a few days and he's already like killing it, which he had all the right connections, you know? So anyways, uh, I went over there to him and I was like, Popsy, man, what are you doing, bro? Like, why you, why'd you get back in? You're sitting here preaching to me. So I started preaching to him. I was like, man, you need to give your life to the Lord. You're going to be the next Bishop TD Jakes. And he's like, Shannon, man, I don't want to hear that right now. So God was speaking to him, but he decided not to listen right and uh <clears throat> anyways a short time later his sisters who were like family to me they started hitting me up and they were they were you know just like hey have you seen my brother and i said no nah, i haven't i haven't seen him so anyways everyone in the hood was looking for him no one could find him to make a long story short uh they end up finding his body um in trash bags cut up I mean, all, and and then the head was missing because the person who did it, which they ended up catching, uh, cut his head off and went out into the woods and threw threw his uh, head in in a in a creek. So, anyways, you know, I, I think about that, <clears throat> and he was always like, you know, someday I'm going to be the next Bishop T D Jakes. So he had it in his heart, you know, God was speaking to him, but but basically, you know. The Bible says, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today, you know? Right. And I think that's the problem. A lot of people hear God speaking. They know they need to make a change. Uh, but, you know, we're not promised tomorrow, man. So, you know, um, he had good intentions, but he didn't follow through with it. And I think that's the the challenge that a lot of us face. Yeah. And, and, and we're grateful that my man Shannon... They said the S in uh, 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 S craft stands for Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're grateful that you figured out a way to get out of all that, 
You know, I, I look at my life and I never got heavily involved in, in that world. Yeah. But when I was uh, young, uh, the area I lived in was rough. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of that was going on. And um, I got to about 12 years old and uh, my parents decided that we were going to move out of that city, move to another one. They put me in a different school and all of that. And I was sad and, you know, I had to relocate, had to make some new friends and all of that. Um, but looking back at it now, I always tell my parents I'm so thankful that they relocated, man, because yeah, people yeah. that I was rocking with back then. We're heavily involved, are heavily involved in gangs. Some of them are gone. Some of them are locked up. And just like you were saying earlier, I, I'm just wired different, bro. I, I'm a natural born leader. I always want to be the best. So if I'm running around with this crew of people who are all now involved in this world, no. I'm going to be involved in that world. Absolutely. And I'm not just going to be, you know, I'm not just going to be the, the average Joe in that world. I'm going to do what I needed to, uh, need to do to climb the ranks in that world, you know? So, you like gangsters. <laughs> bro, watch. Like, yo, right? Yeah, so yeah. who knows if they didn't make that move, who even knows if I'd be here today or if, I, you yeah. know, wh where I would be. So I'm, I'm just super grateful um, for that. But, you know, it, it's just so powerful to hear that from you because it's super inspiring, man. Like uh, somebody said earlier, um, this industry is so forgiving and uh, that's why we love it. You yeah. know, to be able to hear stories like that and, and see what you've been able to build, you know, how, how, how what you've been able to do um, in your life, the positive impact you've been able to make on people, the, the, the food you've been able to put on your table for your family. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing to witness. And, you know, with all that being said to all you guys on here, you know, I, I know all you guys got stories too. I see some of them coming in earlier. And I'm sure you guys got some some stories, man. And I, I know there's a lot of beginners on here too, or th that are gonna watch this. That that got some stories who are now entering this industry, and there might be that part of you that's, you know, tugging on you to to maybe continue doing what you've been doing, you know. But I'm hoping after this conversation, you guys can get uh, some really good insight um, and some some perspective to help you guys stay on on the right path because. You know, I'm sure Shannon could definitely speak to to how challenging that that is, especially at first. I mean, he spoke on it a little bit earlier, you know, and I'm sure he can speak on it forever about how how much that internal battle could be. But just stick with it, man, because absolutely, you, you see, see where these uh these certain paths could take you. Um, speaking of like learning lessons and stuff, man. Uh, as a barber, was there ever ever a time where you learned like some like a super valuable lesson from like a uh, client um, that ultimately shaped the way you approach barbering, approach your customer service, approach your business. Is, is, is there, can you reflect back to maybe when you first started something that you learned that, that helps you be a better overall barber? You know, it's crazy, man. Like I'm a, I'm a note taker. Um, so, you know, I'm a studier and I study, you know, obviously books and, you know, mentors and, and things like that, but also study people. I like to watch, you know, their behaviors and basically, you know, what that produces in their life. And anyway, so I've learned so many lessons from people and, and, uh, I write down a lot of times I write down, you know, principles, life principles that I learn and that I choose to live by because of conversations that I've had with people. Um, 
you know, also, you know, there again, just just reading or watching people and just uh, seeing seeing, you know, the outcome. Obviously, you can see people who as they live their life, they're successful. Uh, you know, they're they're doing things that's making a difference, um, you know, and then you see other people, man, who just can't get it together and they're always struggling. And for me, I like to sit back and and watch those kind of people and kind of see what those things produce. So I'm always learning from people. Um, I'm trying to think of something, you know, very specific. However, um, I mean, I have a whole list of things that I keep, you know, just always in front of me. Um, I can share some of those with you yeah, that I've learned over the years. Um, just but they're principles that I try to live my life by um, that I believe um, has brought me to this place that I'm at today. Um, you know, so I can, I, man, I can go all day on on these kind of things uh, just because, like I said, I write them down all the time. But my first my first um, thing, I believe that, first of all, all of us have a purpose. And whenever you were created, you weren't created to isolate we're com we are, we were created for community everything about you and everything about your pur purpose has to connect with someone right so if it's barbering we will never be that next level barber i was talking about if we do not have the clients uh to service um so one of the biggest things that i live my life by is uh serve others man so serving others simply means serving uh, solving other people's problems and <clears throat> what's so amazing about having a mindset of serving others i said in an interview with with your boy uh donnie that serving will serve you well and i found that out in my life and i've seen that you know there again i've seen people who are just have such a servant's heart but then i've also seen people uh you know that that are just and they, they, they only want people to serve them. And those people never, uh, I've never seen them elevate in their life. Um, there's another thing that I'll often say when it comes to serving others is if serving is, serving is beneath you, then leading is above you. You'll never be able to lead if you cannot serve other people. Because that's what leadership is. It's serving other people. It's, it's helping them get to where they need to go. Um, you know, and I, I've come to realize that a lot of people, they want to be served. However, whenever you're willing to serve someone else and you are willing to humble yourself to help solve other people's problems, humility always brings exaltation. Um, it, you know, let me say this, man. You know, a lot of people look at me and they know that I've been a pastor for years. Right now, I'm just focused on pastoring people in my chair. Uh, however, um, they'll they'll say, you know, well, he's a religious man. And I want to just clarify something. I'm not a religious man. Uh, religion is man's attempt to work for God's approval. I don't believe Jesus died to give us a religion. I believe he died to give us a relationship with God. I do not believe that the Bible is a religious book. I believe it's a book of wisdom. It's a book of life principles. And if we will apply those principles to our life, we'll get the results God promised. Um, so saying that, um, I do quote a lot of scripture and it's not because I'm preachy. It's not because, you know, I'm trying to, you serve whatever God you want to serve. I'm just saying for me, um, this is how I came into a relationship with God. And, and there again, when I read the book, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to get a religion out of it. 
I'm trying to say, God, what is the wisdom you want to show me and how can I apply these principles to my life? And that's whenever uh, I believe that you see change. And, you know, 99.9% of the leadership books in the world that I've read uh, all quote from the Bible. Why is that? Because it's a book of wisdom. And, and I would encourage everybody, if you want to, you know, grow in your leadership, if you want to grow in your identity, knowing who you are, you need to get in that book, right? So I've learned life principles from that. And the Bible talks about, you know, whenever you humble yourself, you will be exalted. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh man, Shannon, he's a humble dude or whatever. Um, man, I try to be, you know, because I believe number one, I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for surrounding myself with the right people. Uh, you know, it's the relationships that I have. Um, but also, um, you know, the Bible also says that, that, uh, pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I've seen people that walk around that are prideful, that they want to say that they're the goat and that they're the best. Those are the ones that are usually falling. You know, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to claim to be the goat, man. I'm not a goat. I'm a servant, you know, matter of fact, if anything, I'm a lamb. You know, some people say, you know, you don't want to be a lamb, you know, or a sheep, but I'm a sheep. You know, the Bible says that one day the, the goats are going to be on his left hand side and the sheep are going to be on his right hand side. And, um, anyway, so like, I know a lot of people say goat. And I understand where they're coming from and I appreciate it, but I, I, I don't want to be a goat, man. I don't, I don't want the glory to myself. I always want to point, you know, to God. I want to point to my team. Um, I wouldn't be the man that I am there again without, without God and without, you know, the people that I surround myself with my beautiful wife, my daughters, man, they're so encouraging. But anyways, back to, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. But anyways, Yo, I was, drop some gems in the chat. Y'all need to flood the, the chat with gems because uh, Shannon is going off uh, right now, bro. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but because no, I, I see the comments starting to come in. I need them to flood the chat because you're going in right now. But continue on with what you were saying, bro. So, yeah. So there again, serve others, man. Serve others. Serving others there again simply means solving other people's problems. And you know, a lot of people ask me, how do I discover my purpose in life? Well, first of all, your purpose is to solve problems. And uh, before I go any deeper into that, let me just say uh, business, what is business? Business is simply a financial exchange for solving someone else's problem. And the greater the problem that you can solve, the more money you make, you know, whenever you look at McDonald's, for example, where I worked, I was making four twenty-five an hour minimum wage. Why? Because I was sweeping the floor. I worked Anyone at Burger King. I was making six bucks an hour just to just come on, man, making more money. Than, so, but, but so the, the reality is anyone can sweep a floor for the most part. Right. But the person running McDonald's, they make a whole lot more. Why? Because the greater the level of the problem that you can solve, you know, the, the more money you make for that. So anyways, uh, I, I found out that, you know, money is attracted to problem solvers. If you solve problems, money comes, right? A lot of people do not like the fact that I do color enhancement. They don't like the fact that I do hair fibers and I'm okay with that because I'm not here for them. I'm here to solve a problem for the people that, that want that problem solved. So for me, it's not about, you know, some, I, I'm an old school barber. I've been doing this for a long time 
And I could easily get caught in that mindset of a lot of barbers like, man, you're messing the game up. This ain't true barbering. Uh, but the reality is, man, there again, I'm not here to cut hair. I'm here to solve problems. And if I can, if cutting hair, you know, can help me solve a problem for someone else, hey, praise God for that. But I look at the problems that people have. You know, most of my clients, they love color enhancement. They love hair fibers. Even some have come to me because their barber would not do color enhancement hair fibers. And for them, they're battling with insecurities because maybe their lines are weak. They got a bald spot, whatever the case may be. So with that, I'm saying, how can I solve this person's problem? So that's how I got into color enhancement and hair fibers or whatever. But going back to people asking about purpose, they say, how do I discover my purpose? If your purpose is solving problems for other people, which is what it is. Your purpose will always involve solving other people's problems. This is how you discover your purpose. Solve the problem that you're qualified to solve closest to you. So if it's simply, you know, I'm always looking for problems I can solve. Whenever I walk into a room, if I see a gum wrapper on the floor, you know what? That's a problem I can solve. So I bend over and I pick it up. I might stick it in my pocket or walk over and throw it in the trash. But I realize that if I'm just willing to look for problems that I can solve, that I'm qualified to solve, that I have the capacity to solve, then that will lead me to other problems. And there again, I'm, I, I believe the Bible is a book of wisdom, not a religious book. But I look at stories and I try to find the principles in Scripture. So I, I see this this uh, story of this young man named David. David was a shepherd boy. And basically at this time when he's serving as a, a, a shepherd, there was, we know the story, or a lot of people know the story of this giant called Goliath. And Goliath was part of the Philistine army. And he was uh, a massive dude, some say eight, nine foot tall. And anyways, he was out there threatening the children of Israel and in this, you know, going back and forth, the children of Israel were scared out of their mind to uh, fight this dude. So David, though, he's out there just being a shepherd. He really doesn't know what's going on. He knows his brothers went off to battle, but he's just focused on solving the problem closest to him. His father needed someone to watch the sheep. He said, hey, dad, I can solve that problem for you. So as he's solving that problem, the Bible says that a lion came up. And basically, I uh, was coming to, you know, devour the sheep. And supernaturally, he was empowered and he grabbed that lion by the mane and he ripped him, you know, just like, I guess, broke his jaw or something. But he killed the lion. So listen, he was solving a sheep problem, which then led to a lion problem. And then he took care of the lion problem. And then a bear problem came along and then he killed the bear. So. He began to have these victories when no one was around and no one was watching him, which is another life principle. I believe that you've got to win victories uh, in private before you can have public victory, right? Mm -hmm. So God always wants to uh, create us. He's not worried about our destination like many of us think. We, we feel like, you know, we're just so focused on the end goal, man. We're focused on the destination. We're focused on the big house and all this stuff. God's more focused on building you than building your your 
influence and your platform and your big house and your bank account. God is more concerned with building a big person. And anyway, so in this, he does that oftentimes. He doesn't want to put us on a platform that we're not ready for. So we have to do these things, uh, you know, in private. I was listening to you. Uh, I want to say that it was, I don't know who you were talking to, but I was listening to an interview or maybe it was just you speaking and you made, uh, you know, the statement you said is cool whenever you're willing to step out and do a live. Uh, I think it was just a video you shared, maybe teaching a class. And you said, you know, at first you might get three viewers and no one's really watching. And you said, thank God for that. Right. Because it gives you that time to mature. It gives you that time to find your voice. It gives you that time to uh, to get more comfortable, you know, teaching or behind a camera or whatever the case may be. And I feel like that's that's life, man. God gives us this time to prepare ourselves when no one's looking. And uh, and he He wants us to experience those victories behind the scene. And then be in, and you're becoming the person, like I said, who can do the thing that can have the stuff. Now, David couldn't step out and kill a giant until he first solved a sheep problem, solved the lion problem, solved a bear problem in private. And then one day his dad comes to him. Now, listen, at this time, there was a prophet who came and lined all the brothers up and basically said that we're anointing the next king. And God said that that one of the your sons is going to be the king of Israel. And they went down. All the sons basically came to David, who was the youngest. He was overlooked and all that good stuff. But God said, this is the one. And God anointed him as king, but he didn't go to the throne immediately. He was anointed as king, but then went back to watching sheep. And, you know, a lot of times, man, people have this idea like, I'm the man. You know, like people see potential in you. And then all of a sudden, when someone speaks over your life and says, man, I see the potential that you have man, you, you, you're qualified to be the next big thing or whatever. Many people, they want to go jump right on a stage instead of go back to tending sheep, right? Go back to sweeping the, the hair up at the shop. And anyway, so he went back and then his father came and said, listen, your brothers are out on the battlefield. I need you to solve a sandwich problem. He could have said, man, I'm going to be the next king. I'm big dog, man. Like sandwich problems are beneath me. I'm not a delivery boy. But he said, Father, I can solve that problem. So there again, I can solve your sheep problem. I can solve your lion problem. I can solve your bear problem. You want me to be a delivery boy? I can solve that problem too. And as he began to solve problems that he was qualified to solve closest to him, then it led him on the battlefield and he sees the children of Israel, man, they're just shaking in their boots. They're hiding. And this giant is out here cursing the armies of the living God. And, uh, and he looks around and he says, man, ain't nobody going to step up and do anything about this, this uncircumcised Philistine. Like, come on, like somebody get up and do something. And, you know, everybody was scared to death. And, uh, he was like, you know what? Because he had private victories. He said, Hey, God, God was on my life. He was with me when I killed the lion, when I killed the bear. And he's like, I'm going to do the same thing to this giant because he had private victories. He had a, a confidence that was built up. And then when he stepped on the platform in front of everyone, when it was time to perform, he knew that he could handle this. And anyways, he, uh, he basically, you know, stepped up, told the giant what he was about to do to him. That's right. And, and anyways, my man, he, he took five, you know, smooth stones. The Bible says 
first one, boom, right between the eyes. And then uh, once my man fell to the ground, he went and took Goliath's own sword out of his sheath, cut his head off, walked around. And what's so cool about that, You there again, the Bible's a book of wisdom. If you look at the life principles, it'll change your life. What's so cool is when David stepped out speaking to Goliath, he said, this day, he said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. And then, you know, basically, uh, we're going to feed you and your armies to the to the fowl of the air. What's so cool about that is he had a vision. He had a vision of, of seeing himself accomplish this thing. And we know that, you know, if you don't have a vision, you're not going anywhere. Right. So he had this vision first, but then he also declared it. And how do we know that he had a vision? Because David didn't have a, a sword. He had a slingshot. He had some rocks. He said, I'm this day, I'm going to cut your head off. So the vision that he had was, I'm going to hit you with this rock. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and take your sword. I'm going to cut your head off. And then, uh, you know, basically we're going to kill your army and all this stuff. And that's exactly what happened. So he had a vision, but he not only could see it and he had to internalize it first, but he also began to speak it out in faith. And then he acted upon it. And that's a whole nother you know, set of principles uh, that you can, you know, live your life by, man. You got to have a vision. Then you got to speak that thing, speak it into existence, man. Start putting it out there and then it will begin to attract the right people to your vision. Right. You and and, and to, to, to add on to that, to piggyback off that a little bit is what, once you're going to, once we start speaking that vision out and we start getting clear on our attention and, and we know what we're after, uh, the universe Life is going to present us those opportunities that are going to help prepare us for those things that we're asking for. Absolutely. And a lot of times those things come to us in the form of challenges, right? <laughs> and roadblocks and, and detours. And it doesn't come to us in, in, in the form we ex like in the, uh, the way we want it to, like we want everything to just come to us easy, but it's like, no, we gotta, we gotta, become the person that we need to become in order to be able to handle the things that we're asking for. Absolutely. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I love when uh, Alex Ramosi was breaking this down in a, a conversation one time when he was talking about how to build like the, the perfect person. Right. And um, he, he was, he was basically saying like, if you wanted to create somebody that has unlimited patience, that's very good patience. Yeah. How do you create that person? They have to go through a lot, a lot of uh, uh, challenges that test that patience. So that patience gets built. Right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. right. So, so, so many of the things that we're, we're asking for in life, so many of the things that we, you know, have in our vision, these things we want to obtain guys, you just got to understand that a lot of times uh, opportunity comes to us in the form of struggles and challenges and they're the things that that we need to figure out and get through in order to become the people that we need to become to be able to handle those things. Absolutely. I got two things I want to add to that. First of all, talking about solving other people's problems or serving others, understand like most people hate problems, but the reality is problems pay your bills. Mm. I love problems. I love problems because problems when you're when you're looking to start a business don't don't you know you need to start looking for problems that's how you start a business so Excellent. you know so what do we do in the haircut business we are solving a hair problem right dentists solve teeth problems lawyers solve law problems uh you know landscapers 
you know, they solve grass problems and plant problems or whatever. So whenever you look around and you see a problem, you know, I sit down with my girls and I say, listen, if you don't want to work for anyone else, you need to find the problem that you're qualified to solve. What is your passion? What do you do? What it, what, what are you good at? Whenever you begin to, uh, uh, you know that you have certain gifts and you have certain strengths to solve certain problems, begin to look for those problems. And basically those problems will, will pay your bills if you, you know, are the solution to the problem. Of course, the more excellent you do it, the more money you can, you know, uh, receive. But the second thing I want to say is talking about those problems is, uh, the apostle Paul, he made this statement. He said a great and effectual door has been set before me. So he's saying, man, I got the opportunity of a lifetime, but he said, but the adversaries are many. So this is the thing. Anytime God opens up a big door, you want to know how you know it's a God door? Look and see how many adversaries or problems are in front of that door, right? Um, the enemy wants to keep you out of God's best for your life. He wants to keep you from walking through God doors. So the, the doors, a lot of times that I'm most scared to walk through, I know that is the ones God's calling me into, you know, and I just have to step up by faith and, uh, and just say, God, I trust you. I mean, even in this conversation, you know, some people that sit in my chair, they're like, man, you need to do a podcast. You got so much wisdom or whatever. Um, however, I live my life in this place where I don't ever feel like I can do it on my own, you know, and I feel like that's what has helped me to become, you know, the person I am today. Whenever I get ready every morning before I go in, I, I usually show up uh, about an hour early um, to the shop. And I like to sit there. I like to clear my mind. And I like to spend time with God. And one of the things that I remind him is that, God, I can't do this without you. I can't cut without you. I can't cut a straight line without you. I can't, I can't fade without you. And before this conversation tonight, I said, God, I can't speak without you. I need you to speak through me. There's going to be people on this, uh, on this, on this live that need to hear something that will inspire them, impact their life. I'm not that good of a person. I, I I'm not that sharp. But I just trust that whenever I whenever I go live with Marv, that you're going to put the words in our hearts that we need to say to make an impact. And uh, and I feel like that takes the pressure off of me and it puts it on God. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, God, you got to show up. You got to give me the words to say. And uh, you got to, you know, lead Marv on the right questions to get the right responses and all those things. So, you know, I, I trust that anytime I'm involved with anything that God's involved with it, you know, he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. So. If I feel like he's calling me to step into something, I know he's already gone before me. He's uh, made the, every crooked place straight. And and he said, don't be afraid of their faces, man. I'll put the words in your mouth when you need them. So I just uh, say, okay, here I am. Now let's do this. And, and I trust that he's going to, you know, give us some gems. That's what we're after tonight. Listen, guys, I know that you're loving this gem talk. But before we get back into it, I just wanted to take a quick second to remind you that I do interactive social media course. So if you're somebody that's been trying to figure out social media and you want to know how to create content that helps you grow your brand and market yourself so that you can make an impact and make an income, I'm going to highly recommend that you come and work with me. My interactive social media course will give you all the apps, tools, resources, and strategies that will help you grow your online presence. So make sure you go to itsmarvymarv.com, check that out, and come work with me. One of the common questions I get asked about this course is, Marv, is this course 
uh, course for barbers specifically? Like, does it only work for barbers? No, man. This is a course that will work for anybody that is looking to offer a product or service or grow a brand and grow a business in any way, shape, or form. So make sure you head over to ismarimarv.com. Check it out. And uh, after you sign up, make sure you DM me, man. So that way I can uh, welcome you to the family and I can uh, show you some love. All right. So with all that being said, let's get back into the gem talk. Yes, speaking of gems, if you guys are getting a lot of value from this conversation, if you feel like the man S-Crab Blends is tapped in, he's locked in, God speaking through him, he tapped into that frequency, flood the chat with some gems. Barbers, let us know your thoughts thus far. Um, If you got questions, guys, shoot your questions. We won't necessarily answer them in real time, but whenever I do see questions come in, I put them in my folder for us to tap into um at some point i see the gems coming in they're loving it and guys if you don't already follow um shannon on uh youtube all you got to do is search up s craft uh blends and he will pop up let me actually i'll bring up the screen real quick just so you guys can see um boom so just s craft blends he will pop up he's got a channel he uh pretty big page he's continued to build and he's got a bunch of videos on there all right so make sure you follow him there. And also, if you don't follow him already on Instagram, make sure you follow him there too, S-Craft Blends. As you see, my man gets busy. It's so funny because like uh, I, the humility in you is like, you know, I don't, I don't, I understand why people look at me and call me the GOAT, but I don't want to ever, you know, be like, I get all that, right? Um, but what what's cool is whenever there's a, a list that pops up and people are like, yo, who... You know, who, who are the uh, the top five barbers you put on your team or, you know, that type of stuff on Instagram? I don't know if you you won't be seeing, but the man, Marvin Mark, always throw you on the list, bro. You always I see on- that, man. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that, man. And, and you know how you got on my list, bro? You got on my list from, it was I was watching something with Basio. This was years ago. And uh, Basio said something about, man, if y'all know who S-Craft Blends is, bro, like, I, I put him up against anybody. It was just probably on a live where he was just snapping on people. And I'm like, let me see who S-Craft Blends is. And I went to your page, and I, obviously we see this type of stuff, right? And I'm like, okay, my man get busy with the Clippers. And then I started following more of your content, and I seen um, you were deep, too. And you're full of wisdom and insightful, and you're just so much more than a barber. So I'm like, you know what? my man he's on my list too i may have just heard about him today this was years ago but he's on my list too so i always think it's uh fun whenever they do those lists and i'm like you know what i shoot out a bunch of names that people are familiar with yours is one they're familiar with too but there are also people who are not sure who you are and then i'm like man s crab lens is a beast so it's cool to see how how good you are with cutting hair which which i definitely want to talk about some of that too but what I think is even doper is how uh, how how dope of a person you are and a human you are and how inspiring you are and insightful you are because it is so much more than cutting hair when it comes to to barbering, you know? Yeah, man. You know, talking about the whole goat thing, I think the reason that I shy away from that is I learned, you know, years ago that if you live by the praises of men, then you'll die by the praises of men. Or excuse me, you'll die by the criticism of men. And uh, what, you know, basically what that means is, is if we're always waiting for, you know, people to praise us and we live for that, 
when they don't or when they criticize us it'll it'll destroy us you know mm -hmm. and uh and i just i've i've literally had to disconnect from that because uh for years man because i have a desire to serve people and i want to please people uh for the most part um you know it's like when we you know how we are man we're watching you know we drop a youtube video and man you might have a hundred positive comments but that one comment man it would destroy well, me talking that. about the user two two six four five yeah yeah, yeah you know and so i had to get to a place because what i found is if you if you're so worried about what people think about you uh then you'll just stop doing it so i almost decided to quit doing youtube altogether because i was is like one of your kids right here i'm so proud of you dad that is that's my my youngest jada yeah, yeah. what's your name jada so i have yeah, four that's daughters my youngest name too jada shout outs to you jada that's right that's right i got four daughters jasmine Jalen, jaden and jada i got two aliana and jada that's, that's what's up man that's what's up um but yeah man so i just i just realized man that you know uh i live for an audience of one man i, I live to please god and you know what um People don't like that, you know, sometimes and, and, uh, you know, I can't please everyone. That's what I've come to realize over the years. I can't please everybody, but I can please God. So that's my focus. And if you are, you know, if you're on this path to try to please God as well, then you might be pleased with my life. If you're not, you might not be pleased with my life, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to stand before men. I'm going to stand before God. And I want to make sure that you know, I did everything to represent him well, and I put his his opinion of me above other people. Mm, I love that, and it, it's that's so dope, and it makes life so much easier, man. It, it really does, because rather than you trying to figure out how to please everybody, you you're focused on that that one. As long as I'm doing right in their eyes, everything is cool, and that's the it's the same type of thinking I live by. You know, like a, a lot of people always are wondering how how I deal with going on the stage, right? How do I deal with being up in front of people or or how do I handle the negative comments, right? And and how, and how do I deal with people DMing me saying crazy stuff to haters and all of that? And it's the same type of thinking. I, it's like, bro, at the end of the day, I'm human. So yeah, there are times where uh, I, I could, something could get under my skin or I could feel a little fearful, right? Yeah. But, but for the most part, I know my heart and I know I'm leading with love. I know I'm going to do my best in whatever I do to empower people and help people and uplift people. And, and I'm just trying to do right by him. Yeah. So as, as long as I know I'm doing my best in those areas, all of that other stuff, it, it doesn't really matter. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So let me just say, it's man, it's a lot easier uh, yeah. from that frame. I want to say, man, you do a phenomenal job at it, too, bro. You're, you're awesome at what you do. I appreciate that. I just lead with love, bro. That's it. I lead with love and I try my best. And I, I think it, that that's what can make life easier too. When you know, when you know in your heart, you tried your best. It's yeah. it's like, you you know, you tried your best, but you know, you can be better at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you can be better, but you know, you, you gave your, your best. Yeah. Right. And so in the book, the four agreements, I don't know if you've ever read that book, guys, if you haven't read the book, the four agreements, read it. It's, it's super powerful book. Uh, it's a deeper book, a spiritual book, but one of them, uh, one of the four agreements is always do your best and realize that, you know, 
today's version of your best might not be as good as yesterday's version of your best was or might not be as good as tomorrow's version, right? But as long as you know you're doing your best, that's all you can do. Yeah. So, so you know, that's that's all I try to do. And it makes life a lot easier. Bro, I love this uh, quote too. I can't wait to use this because I've never heard this one. If you live by the praise of men, you'll die by the criticism of men. Because yeah. that that's so true too, man, especially when it comes to, because uh, a lot of people that follow me want to do content, right? Yeah, and they yeah. want to do social media. And one of the biggest fears is the negative feedback or the criticism or the haters. And, you know, whenever I'm sharing insight on that, I'm always saying how um, if you overvalue the positive stuff or you get too accustomed to the positive stuff, it just makes the negative stuff hurt even much more. Yeah. You, you know what true. I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's almost being having to feel indifferent and being grateful for both to a degree right and uh i just love that quote because i'm gonna start having to to um use that quote in all of the different things i do um i want to ask you i want to talk about some haircut and stuff real quick i seen you just uh you just posted not that long ago um and i agree with you a hundred percent that your favorite clipper out right now the best clipper you got is the jrl 20 uh the jrl onyx do you still feel that way or has that changed more recently? Because I love that clipper. So right now, um, now let me say this real quick. Let me turn around. And I don't know if you watched my recent video, uh, the one I dropped today, um, but I got some gifts, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous, man. I mean, I opened up this package and I was just blown away. Um, and anyway, so I got the... I got the gold clipper, um, just unboxed them and did a review. Well, not a review, but I kind of showed everybody what I was, what I had. I got the gold trimmer and these are all the. Your wife showing you long, by the way. I just hope you can see that. So, Shout out to, to wifey. He's showing you some love, man. Oh, I love you, baby. Thank you so much. I love the, I love the family, bro. You oh, already know that's what it's about. More than this clippers, more than all of that. It's all about the family, man. That's dope. Dude, I'm so blessed. I have such an amazing support system. My my wife and my daughters, they are my biggest cheerleaders, man. They're, they're amazing. So, um, But I got this shaver here as well. So I got the whole set of that. Uh, they sent me uh, the, the FX1 Low Pros. They sent me those. Yeah. And, uh, dude, they sent me six different things, man. I am blown away. And, uh, hey, bro. I mean, that's that's a, such a blessing. So um, I've been wanting to give these a try. Uh, you know, Basio got a pair they 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 cut great uh his were a little bit louder and speaking with dennis he was saying that um that those actually were like pre-production stuff that he put together by hand so he was like it's not going to be the same as what you know will come from the factory um so so anyways like at this point because i haven't tried these yet um the the jrl onyx are my favorite clippers up until this point i mean uh, JRL is doing a phenomenal job, man. I think that the old JRLs, I liked them, but there was just something off. It just seemed like it just wasn't working for me. Um, what, the 2020Cs? Yeah, yeah, the original 2020Cs. I feel like they just didn't have that crunch. I think the Onyx has that, like, that crunch now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was just something I just was like, I'm not feeling it. I loved everything about it. Um, the same thing I told him with the trimmers, you know, it was like, I love everything about the trimmer. They just don't hit, you know, and it was kind of the same way. 
I don't know what they did, what all they changed, but whenever I, you know, picked up those Onyx Clippers, totally different, man. It's just a different cut. And uh, and man, they're so smooth and so quiet and and you know, the battery life and they stay cool from my experience and and I use them all day long. So Bro, right they now, don't they have a flaw. That's the thing. I, I that with the Jer- they don't have a flaw. When you think about whatever could be something where it's like, all right, either they're not powerful enough or the battery life is not good enough. Like everything else is great, but the battery's not good. Yeah, yeah. Or um, they're too heavy or you, you, there's always something with a clipper. I feel like where yeah. everything else could be great, but there's always one thing. I can't identify that one thing with the, the Onyx. Do you have well, one thing? Cause I don't, I, don't, I don't. However, I, I have talked to other people. One, one person in particular, uh, and he's like, I love them. He said, I just hate the ergonomics. And for me, I love the ergonomics. Love yeah, yeah. It feel, they feel great in the hand. I mean, yeah. I, I Right now, they're, you know, I haven't got a chance to, to use any of these. I will take them to the shop tomorrow and start working with them, and I'll give my opinions or whatever. Um, however, I've never used a clipper that good before. Yeah, I mean, I if, if I'm gonna I, say I, there's a con, I think I said it in the video. I don't think this is a con, but maybe the the thing that may throw people off is I think the measurement of of the open to close, right? Because if you're if you're so used to using well, a wall magic clip or something, right, yeah. and, and and then you use the JRL, the open to close is a little bit longer on the JRL than the magic clip, so that could take some time to get used to. So I feel like if you don't want to get used to that or you don't have the patience to get used to that, maybe that could be a little weird because your haircuts might look a little different at first. But so for that's, me, once I got used to that, now I love that even more because it gives me more wiggle yeah. fading. So that's interesting that you say that because that was my original problem with the 2020 Cs is I felt like they opened up too much, but I was always using wall seniors. Yeah. So as soon as I went from Wall Seniors and tried the JRLs, it's like it's throwing me off. It just opens up different than what I'm used to. However, you know, I, I started using more of the Master Blade with stretch brackets and all those things on all of my clippers, uh, even the the Instincts with the stretch bracket and the Master Blade. So I don't know if I don't know if switching over there, I, it didn't feel uncomfortable to me using the Masters or Master Blade. Um, and then the stretch bracket. So I don't know, maybe whenever I went back, I didn't even notice that I thought they fixed that problem. I thought they were normal. So you're saying that, that they still open the, the onyx open up more than the walls. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, I, know they that. Do. I yeah. in my, maybe I'm tripping. I don't know, but I feel like that, that could be the only con is if like, like, you know, like I'm saying, if you're just so used to one way, then you use it and it's like, man, this ain't working the same because maybe you have a system of cutting and you're trying that same exact system and it's just a little off because the measurements were you know a little different speaking of systems i want to tap into that real quick too because you know obviously we're talking about we're showing love the jrl baby let's make some uh quality products as well there are a lot of really good clippers on the market you know you're a youtube clipper reviewer person you you already know there's so many great clippers um but i got a lot of beginner barbers that tap into me uh, that pay attention to what I'm doing and they're always trying to figure out which way to go. And yeah. when you're new in the game, which it's it with me being 12, 13 years in now and you being 30 plus years in, um, sometimes it's, it's hard to really remember what it was like when we first started out, right? Yeah. And even with us first starting out, 
We didn't have all of these options. No, when I started, we had Wall and Andis, and then there was the fast feed. That was from my world. It's probably the same yours, right? Yeah. But so now with uh, people coming into the industry, and they got all these options. They got Babyless, they got Gerald, they got Gamma, Stylecraft, the uh, TPOB. They got all of these clippers. Um, what would your advice be to them? And, and what I really would like for you to speak about is the idea of, you, you said some along the lines of tools don't matter, systems do. Now, obviously, tools matter too, but the bigger point is that you got to have a, a, a system because once you have that system, um, pretty much any clipper you're going to be able to pick up, you're going to be able to get busy with. So what would your advice be to these beginner barbers looking at all these clippers trying to figure out which route to go? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, we've done the Walmart clipper challenge and all that good stuff, and and uh, and basically, you're going to get a blurry fade regardless of what clipper you use if you have the right systems and you've developed a barber's eye. Um, it doesn't matter what the quality of the clipper is, in my opinion. If you don't have a barber's eye, you're going to get the same results that you would get, um, you know, with, with a cheaper clipper. Uh, I would say, you know, find something that you're comfortable with that works for you as far as, uh, you know, price range. I think a lot of us started off with Walmart clippers because we could not, I mean, years ago, because we couldn't afford the wall seniors, you know, or the, or the, uh, Handus masters, which are um, still great clippers, even to absolutely, this day. Absolutely. Yeah. Corded and all cordless, cordless, whatever. Uh, so I would say just find something that feels good in the hand, um, that you feel comfortable with, and then maybe stick with it. Um, something I see, you know, we, we have quite a few, people that join our team uh, at headlines that are just right out of barber school. And I feel like that they believe that if I can get the right clipper magically, the haircut is going to be amazing. You know, I can get a flawless fade if I just find the right clipper. That's what I believe when I first started. Yeah. yeah. So they're, so they're chasing this mythical, magical clipper that's going to give them this blurry fade. And the, the clipper, clipper companies are loving that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they, they are. And, and hey, and I love barber companies and supply people. I'm not trying to take your business. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love, man, I have almost every clipper you can think of. I love I love having, you know, tools. Yeah. Um, so nothing wrong with that. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't chase the idea that if I get the right clipper, then it's going to change my fate. I think that um, that you have to find a system that works for you. And then master that system, you know, uh, whenever you start getting a little bit older, you know, and more experienced in the game, uh, a lot of times, man, you get burnout. And that's one of the reasons I change Clippers so much. It's not because I used the wall senior for years. I mean, years. And, um, and I didn't need to change it. It did exactly what I needed it to do. Um, but because I've been doing it for such a long time, I get bored easily. So I like to try new things and anyways but i but i've already mastered my system and now you know i've in my opinion and i'm and i use that word very lightly when i say master um i'm more experienced now not just with the system i use for years but because i've been bored uh, i want to switch up systems you know i'll fade up i'll fade down sometimes i just put in guidelines and then i'll come work them you know it's like I try to switch it up just to have more fun and challenge myself, um, you know, but it's 
if you want to be effective, you got to find the system that works for you. Realize it's not about the clipper. Just find you a good clipper that, that works for you. And then uh, develop your barber's eye, man. Um, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing. If you have a barber's eye, um, and we could talk more about that if you want. Yeah, yeah. So, so what I will say, because uh, somebody said, what about the calibers? They make great clippers too. A lot of these companies right now are making phenomenal clippers. And it, it, it what is interesting to witness, at least from my perspective, is that with so many great clippers being on the market, how are the clipper companies going to separate themselves? And one of the ways that Babyless is attempting to do it is just what they sent you. They got the detachable batteries and they're trying to do some cool stuff to see how they can separate themselves because they've realized that, okay, well, there are a lot of companies that are competing in the, this, the, like a lot of companies are on the same playing field when it comes to like power and battery, battery life and cutting ability. Cause there's a lot of really good clippers on the market. Yeah. So they're trying to separate themselves by being different and creative in that way, which I think is super dope. Um, but I say all that because, you know, caliber clippers are good as well. There are a lot of really good clippers on the market. Um, yeah. But back to the barber's eye. Now, that's something that, you know, we develop over time, right? Like when I, I remember doing haircuts in barber school and doing haircuts in my kitchen and in the basement at my homeboy's crib. And I still got pictures of some of that stuff. Um you know, and I, I would be excited. I'd post it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And then I go back and look at it four months later, six months later, a year later. And I look at it and I'm like, how did I not see that dark spot? Yeah. I did not see that faint line. Yeah, yeah. You know, how did I see that? I did not see the edge up was, is a little off. You know, the beer lines were a little uneven, right? And it's yeah. because my eye has gotten sharpened over time. I'm, I'm you know, yeah. develop, developing the barber's eye. So it happens over time as we continue to cut. My question to you is, what what do you think are some things barbers could do to help accelerate that process and speed up that time so that way they can develop that barber's eye quicker? Because I agree with you. That is the the main thing. Because once you have that barber's eye, don't matter what tool you use. I mean, it does matter, but it, it also doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, once you have that eye, what could they do to speed up that process? So I believe with uh, anything in life, anything you want to grow in, um, there's two ways to learn mistakes and mentors. And, um, uh, anyway, so I would encourage you, I think making the mistakes and figuring it out along the way, uh, takes a lot longer. I think that it's important to have mentors in your life. Uh, if I wanted to grow on, you know, my, my promotion and stuff like that, man, then Marv would be the perfect mentor, right. For social media and things like that. He has already learned things, uh, and experience things that I have not yet learned or experienced in the social media side of things. So I would, instead of making the mistakes, I would go to a mentor and that has already made those mistakes and overcome those things so that I can learn from him. I think that's the fastest way. Um, I realized this years ago, I had a guy who was very artistic and I mean, this guy could draw like when he drew something on paper, it looked like it was breathing. So he had an artistic eye. He had the ability to, to I mean, realism, you know, it was crazy. Um, but he wasn't the greatest barber. I mean, his lineups were sharp, um, but his fades, you know, they, they needed some work. And, uh, and one day, and I'm not the person, I don't ever just look over and say, hey, man, you need to take care of that spot over there, you know, or whatever the case may be. I stay in my lane, man. I mind my own business. And it's if observe. Someone, You're an observer. Yeah, yeah. 
And and if someone asks for help, I'm more than willing to help. However, I don't push my, you know, my thoughts on people, I guess. Um, so one day he came to me and he said, um, you know, would you help me? I, I need help. I feel like my cuts aren't where they need to be. Uh, so first of all, he was willing, you know, to have constructive criticism. And he said, show me what I'm doing wrong. And, uh, and, and I, I told him, I said, if you are willing to receive the criticism, not like I'm trying to hurt you, but I'm trying to help you, uh, I'll tell you what I see. And I told him, and this is my, this, this has been the greatest way that I've seen it change quickly as far as, you know, going from kind of mediocre to, to really, uh, stepping up your fade game, um, Basically, I said, listen, go ahead and do the best fade that you can do. I'm talking about where you feel like there is nothing left that you can do, that it is perfect. And then call me over and I'll kind of uh, point out what I see. So he did that. He called me over and uh, I said, how's it look to you? And he's like, I can't see anything. I mean, this thing is blurry. And I said, OK, well, what about this dark spot right here? What about this line right here? You know, you kind of push that edge back a little bit too much. And anyways, I started pointing stuff out and he was like, dude, I did not even see that. And that's whenever, and this was probably over 20 years ago now that I realized like, man, you, you, some people just can't see it. You know, they, they look at it and they're like, man, this is beautiful. And whenever I pointed it out to him, that's whenever it, you know, it opened up, let's say his barber eye. And if you can see it, usually you can figure out a way to fix it. Right. Once you can see it, you can't unsee it. You see it. That's, that's right. That's right. So I would say, um, so I had, for example, I had a guy hit me up and he was like, Hey, can you critique my cuts? I do not critique, uh, haircuts on pictures. Um, so I said, I tell you what, we have a, a open chair at our shop right now. Um, we, we did at that time cause we, you know, Nate and I just went and started the Sun Lake location and, uh, we Rat. were hiring barbers. Say it again. I said, congrats. Thank you, sir. And uh, so, so anyways, I said, we, we have an open chair on your day off. If you can you know, convince some people to drive over here, which is, I think was like an hour away, I said, uh, and cut their hair here. Once you get done cutting the haircut, I'll come over and show you uh, what I see. And then I'll show you how I fix it. And uh, anyways, I mean, dude, he cut one head. I walked over, showed him what I saw. I said, you see this? You see that? Same thing. Oh my gosh. I never saw that. And then he was trying to fix it. I said, let me show you a quicker way to do that. And I just showed him, uh, you know, my little techniques that I use. And man, his, his the person in his chair, because, you know, at first I thought, man, that's got to be kind of uh, weird. You know, you have this person that actually pays you every, every time they get a haircut. Right. You're, you know what I'm saying? They're sitting in your chair and, and you know. Somebody coming over and like helping you. I, I know yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's one of those situations. I mean, obviously, maybe some people could be embarrassed about that. But whenever this dude turned around and looked at his haircut, he was like, "This is the best haircut I've ever had." He was like, "Thank you so much." And so now this guy just elevated his game. The, the his model that he brought over, which is a client that he cuts all the time. Um, now he's going to get a better haircut because he was willing to have someone mentor him. So, um, it, you know, not everyone can come to my shop. Not everyone can come to your shop or have that opportunity, but man, find someone in your shop who that you are like, man, they, man, they're next level, right? 
ask them to critique your stuff and point out what it is they see that you don't see. Um, be a, you know, be a lifelong learner, man. Always, always learn, you know, and, and, um, anyways, I think that's the best way to go about it. If you don't have anyone in your shop that you can shadow, man, if I wanted to go to the next level, I'd be willing to invest in myself, man, hit up the person you want to, uh, come shadow. If I got to pay for a flight, you know, and, and, and a hotel fee to, or, or even, you know, money for a class, a one-on-one class, whatever the case may be, I would do what I have to do, uh, to step my game up. But if you can't afford that, find someone in your area that you can drive to and just say, is it, is it okay if I shadow you? And I think shadowing is cool, but I really feel like the best way to go about it is have them, you do the haircut, have them critique it and show you in your haircut what they see and then maybe how to fix it i feel like that's the best way i love that i think that's a phenomenal advice that's that's awesome advice another thing i would add to that could be super helpful which i feel like has helped me and will help a lot of you guys tapped in is go to any barber battle or barber show you can get to right like there's i think there's too many barber battles and barber shows right now right there's too many in my personal opinion Um, but what's cool about that is, especially for you guys being beginners and new, that gives you a lot of opportunities throughout the year to try to go to some of these things, right? And going to these, um, battles and and shows like Connecticut Barber Expo and things like that is so dope because when you're there, not only are there competitions happening on stage where you can watch people cut and see different techniques and just see what they're doing. And, and try to uh, learn just by sight. Aside from that, there are people showcasing and cutting hair all throughout the day, all throughout the event. So as you're walking around and you're looking at the different uh, booths that are set up, there are going to be people cutting hair. And most of the time, they're open to answering your questions. And I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, especially earlier on in my career, when I'm trying to learn, I'd see somebody cut and I'd stand there, I'd watch them cut. They're just get busy and I'd start asking questions. Whatever questions I had, I would ask questions. The same thing with the competitions. You know, I'd watch people compete. And if it was a situation where I could ask questions right then and there while they were competing, um, depending on how that I, I I would try to read the room. So if, if they look like they were struggling and rushing and all of that, I'd leave them alone. But if they're kind of just chilling, cutting, I would ask questions, you know, and say, I seen that technique you did. What, why did you do that? Or why'd you use that clipper? Or, you know, I'd, I'd ask a question and I not I try not to be like overbearing to where I'm just like dragging it because they still are in the competition. But I would ask questions. Right. So I think that could help you guys as well. You know, uh, uh, Shannon gave you a lot of great advice when it comes to the people in your shop. If you have some people in your shop that can help you or you can make the drive in your local area. If you have some barbers that are open and helping you um, save up some money, uh, reach out to people that you are inspired by, who you think cut really good and Maybe set some up where you do a one-on-one with them, fly to go see them, or make the drive to go see them. Guys, it would change your life. And, and on top of that, go to any barber battle or or hair show that you can get to with the intent that you're going to learn how to cut better. I think one of the big mistakes a lot of people make when they go to these shows, which I've made a, a little bit earlier in my career, is you, you go to a show either not having a clear intention as to why you're there, or you go there for the for the wrong reasons. Right. And what I mean when I say that is there are people I know plenty of people that have been to one barber show or one barber battle 
And when they're there, they try to run up to the Marvy Marv or whoever the influencer is there. The influencer is busy, can't really talk to them, or maybe isn't super personable in person, or maybe just is on a low ego trip where they just got that type of energy where it's almost just like, don't get away from me, peasant, right? So there, there have been barbers that have gone to the show, experienced that, and then say, you know what? I'm never going to a show again. The barbers think they're all Hollywood. They think they're all Portland. It's a waste of time, waste of money. They never went back. And by doing that, they've missed out on so many opportunities to learn, so many opportunities to network with companies, with other barbers, um, to just to educate themselves overall, buy new equipment, new products. And there's just so many amazing things that could happen by going to these shows. So, you know, I, I say all that just to reiterate the point that if you maybe have experienced something like that and you're just done with shows. Um, maybe you don't got to go to them all. But if you're trying to get better at cutting hair, just go to some of these battles or shows with new intentions and say, hey, this is what I'm going to go for. And uh, try your best to, to learn why you're there. You know what I'm saying? Johnny said facts, more facts. Um, let's see. I got some other questions for you too, bro. And what I will say to you guys, too, is we're going to be on this for probably another half hour or so. So if you got questions, shoot them in the chat. I'm putting them in the folder. And um, I'll make sure that we touch on any question that you guys may have at some point. Um, one question I want to ask you, um, because earlier you were saying how you uh, you do enhancements. You do the the sprays, the fibers, and all of that. And uh, obviously, there's you know, that's a polarizing topic, right? Um, in our industry. Uh, my question to you, you're 30 years in now, you're, you're, you're an OG. How do you balance the need to stay current with the evolving trends that come into our industry while also not getting caught up in the hype of participating in every trend that comes in our industry, right? Because you do have the people that are trying to do everything. Yeah. And it starts spreading themselves thin, which, you know, it is cool to agree to try to learn to a degree to try to learn everything. But at a certain point, you also realize that you don't need to do everything or learn everything in order to be successful, be fulfilled and make a lot of money. So how do you balance the two to know to say, all right, I'm going to do some of this, but some of this stuff, maybe that ain't for me. I feel like that it's important to stay in your own lane, man. And what I mean by that is uh, what you're gifted in and what you're passionate about. Um you know, I see a lot of people doing some awesome things. And, and uh, you know, I look at Josh O.P. Um, if you're not following Barber Josh O.P., man, what an incredible. Right, barbers in all world. Goodness, man, I mean, amazing. Um, you know, and I look at what he does with his sheer work and, and the sectioning and all that stuff. And, um, and I feel like, you know, because I've cut so many different textures and styles of cuts over the years that I'm pretty well-rounded. Um, however, um, I don't like using shears. Um, and now the reason being is because when I was younger, I told you I lived the wildlife and I fought all the time. I used to love to fight and, uh, you know, also had angry boy, bro. So I feel like you might've been putting in some damage. In I, was, I was putting in some work, but, uh, <laughs> but I also had an anger issue. So I punched a few walls and kicked a few dogs and all that stuff um, i feel like you're one of the bigger barbers too because a lot of us are we're short i feel like barbers are short they're not really too big and then you got some size to you 
I feel like I don't know what I look like on screen, but I know whenever I see people in person, they're like, whoa, you a lot bigger than I thought you were. That's what I, hey, that's exactly I don't know when I seen you in uh in, in Vegas. So yeah, but you fight so, uh, those people. <laughs> they probably had a tough time. Yeah. So uh, with my hand though, I don't know if you can see that. I got a big lump on my hand. Yeah. And uh and it's just broken bones, man. Uh, you know, just shattered. And uh, I had the opportunity to get it fixed. Uh, however, I chose not to because um, if I was to hit somebody now, it would hurt like crap. You know what I'm saying? So it keeps me in a place where I know, like, exactly. you, you you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good deterrent, you know. So, um, so, so I, I I keep it that way. However, when I use shears, man, my hand cramps up so bad. So that's why years ago I started doing, you know the clipper over finger technique and yeah. and uh and you know some people hate on that um some people especially when you're educating they don't want you to teach on that because they believe that's not the proper way to do it but it gets it gets Wild. the job done haircut and cutting hair is art it's yeah, art yeah, yeah. at the end of the day yeah if it gets the job done so yeah. uh so with that being said i prefer you know using my clippers to do the work and because of that um, if you see a lot of my clients, uh, they have, you know, tight curly hair, you know, um, waves, short, more short styles or whatever. And I, I like it that way. I prefer it that way. Um, so just because that's a popular thing and everybody, you know, wants to, you know, use shears, I could care less about it, you know, so I stay in my lane. What do I love to do? And uh, I love to, I'd love to do fades. I love to do high tapers. I love to do, you know, um, short haircuts and I love color enhancement, hair fibers. So the things that I enjoy doing, um, you know, I try to stay in line with that. I try to post in line with that. I feel like that whatever you post um, is what you're going to get more of. So uh, you rarely see me posting a picture. I might just post something to say, yeah, I can do it. Right. But it's not something that you see me post often because I know the more, you know, what I post more often is what I'm going to attract. Right. So uh, people scrolling and they're looking for a nice fade or a wave cut or whatever the situation is. When they see my stuff, they're, they're like, that's what I want to get. And that's going to attract those people to me. Um, so I would just say, do what you enjoy doing. You know, um, there's some people, man, that they love cutting hair fast. Um, man, I would say promote that, man. I can get you in and out, you know, quick with a good quality haircut. Um, you know, but if that's something you enjoy, we have, you know, Mo, we call him turbo Mo. He loves to, uh, to just speed through haircuts and he gives good quality haircuts. Uh, you know, but he speeds through it. I'm at the place in my life. And there was a time, man, I, I was all about that, you know, and I would cut from sometimes eight in the morning to like two o'clock at night, back to back every 30 minutes. It didn't matter what kind of cut it was. Um, but yeah, now that I'm a little older, um, I just enjoy, you know, uh, taking my time. I, I enjoy the art of it. I enjoy the relationship side of things. So, uh, so now I'm just building those relationships and anyway, so I focus on what I enjoy, you know, and I promote that. And that's, that's, uh, I don't know if I answered the question, man, but uh, you know, that's kind of 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I feel like you answered it. And, and I'm similar to you in the sense of with all of that crazy, wild UK look section in yeah, five yeah. minutes stuff. Yeah. I ain't trying to do all that either, bro. Like, no, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I respect the art of it. Yeah, yeah. it's just not something, you know, it, it, Tank was on here earlier. I don't know if he still is, but he put out the South Side, you know, fade challenge. And I think yeah, the most included me in that too. <laughs> so I think the response for the most part has been because that is a Texas thing. That's not a yeah. Florida thing. Nah, I never so saw it would be, in New York. Yeah, it would be hard to find someone to get that, you know, kind of cut. Um, you know, so uh I there again, I admire the art of it. Um, I just it's not something I really do, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I, I think the main point that um Shannon's trying to drive home is, is that whatever it is that you enjoy to do and what you find that you're really good at there is a whole big pool of people out there that would love to come to you for that i'm very similar to you where i love doing fades skin fades fading like that i can just fade all day i just love to do it you know but as far as again all that sectioning and all that stuff is amazing it's so dope to watch and but i'm not doing all of that i'm i'm just not and i've even had people come in um you know, asking if we do that or reaching out to me, asking if I do that. And I'm 13 years in now at, at this point in my life, I feel like uh, a way that I could be of service and of value. Sometimes it's just redirecting somebody to somebody that I know Absolutely. can do that Absolutely. way better than me. And there's a few people in my area that love that and are phenomenal at it. Yeah. So I'll recommend them as opposed to me. And people look at me like, Mark, how you turning down cuts and, you know, I'll, Maybe if I'm earlier in my career and I'm still trying to figure stuff out, you know, I'm, I'm taking on everything and I, I'm experimenting and trying to figure out what I like. Cool. It's like, all right, come in. I'm going to give it my best shot. But now, you know, once I, I, I see what I enjoy, I've gotten good at what I, I'm good at. I feel like me being the the best, provide the best service I can provide is sometimes saying I'm not the guy for that. Even yeah. even some of the, the stuff in my shop right now, I have um, a... a one of my barbers is phenomenal at beards. I'm actually working with him more so more recently to try to get him locked in on his content to like just put more of it out because he's so good at the beard sculpting and all that, right? So, you know, when people have reached out to me with the big beards looking to get in with me, I will refer him. I'm like, listen, man, I can get you in, but I call him the, we call him the beard king. I said, but I'd rather you go to shoe. He's the beard king, bro. He's going to make love to your beard. You know what I'm like, I'm going to do my thing and make you look nice, but bro, he's going to make love to your joint in a way you've never had it, you know? So, you know, with all that being said, guys, uh, as you are figuring out what you love to do, um, what you enjoy to do, what makes you happy, your style of cutting, the type of cut you like to do, your, your way of going about it, just understand that it, it's okay to, to re- get really, really good at what you do and then just market yourself um, to, to those people because there's a... a pool of people no matter what it is you you know you specialize in there's a whole pool of people that would be willing to come sit in your chair i want to add to that and then i have to use the restroom real quick (laughs) so i've been killing this water um so there was this woman who uh she went over to china and she was doing an interview with the coaches of these chinese uh ping pong olympic ping pong teams or whatever and now I don't know if you've ever seen Chinese ping pong players. 
Have you ever watched them play ping pong? Bro, it, they look like it, it's it, out of this world type it's stuff. Like out of this world. Yeah. So they were, the question was like, how do you get them to be so good? This is ridiculous. Like how, you know, how do you focus on their weaknesses and, and strengthen their weaknesses? And, you know, the coach said something so profound. He said, we don't even focus on their weakness. We focus on developing their strengths. They're already good in this area. They're strong in this area. We want to make them even stronger. We want them to be the best in the area of their strength, right? And, uh, and, and a lot of times what we don't realize is if we'll focus on our strength and develop our strength, it often compensates for our weakness. And like you said, um, you know, I'm not strong at all things. There's certain things I'm strong at, but uh, what I'm weak in, someone next to me is strong in or someone down the block is strong in. And I feel like that, you know, if we'll be true to there's nothing worse than really doing something that you suck at. You know what I mean? There's no confidence there. Uh, you know, you're beating yourself up and, and, and then, you know, it doesn't come out the way you want it to. And then, you know, people begin to question your skills. So what I like to do is do what I'm good at, man. There's certain areas that I'm strong. And, and like you said, man, if I'm not good at that area, send it, send it on down the road or send it to the person in the shop who loves to do that thing. But this is the thing. If I focus on what I'm strong at and I just continue to develop uh, myself in my strengths and I promote my strengths, then people begin to look and say, this boy's a beast, man, you know? Look at these fades. Look at them lineups or whatever. Those are the things I want to focus on, and I, I'm stronger in those areas. So that's what I, I promote, and uh, and that's what I really spend most of my time on trying to take to the next level. Mm. So real quick, I'm, I'm hit the restroom. <laughs> so with that being said, just make sure I'm you. Yeah, here we go. You muted your mic. Uh, we gonna let Shannon use the restroom real quick. What I'll say to you guys is a couple things. Number one. Ask a bunch of questions. Just fire your questions because when he gets back, what I want to do is answer as many questions as we possibly can. So fire uh, your questions. Uh, I also want to take some time since we got a minute. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Um, I want to take some time. Let me uh, see if I can. Uh, yeah, we'll just leave that like that. That is what it is. Wait, here we go. Yeah, there we go. Take some time to... Uh, Mention, stop by the barber store, bro. All you got to do is go on my page, click the link in my bio, and it will take you to my landing page if it ever loads. And check out what I got going on over here. I got some free stuff you guys can download, uh, a clientele building tool. I got a how to cut faster free three-part video series. I also got uh, my store where you can shop for shirts. You can buy hats. You can buy... Um, all types of stuff, hoodies, t-shirts. We got all of this up in there. So make sure you go check some of that out, pick you up some merch. And when you do buy it, um, make sure you tag me so that way I can show you some love. And also when you're over there too, for those of you that want to take your content to the next level, that want to use social media as a marketing tool um, to help you grow your business, your brand, your influence, uh, to connect uh, with people, grow your network, and create opportunities for yourself. Check out my interactive social media course, guys. And you can get right to it by going to ismarbymarv.com. You can check out what's included in the course. You can even see preview one of the videos if you want to watch. You can see how it's laid out. It comes with all of this. 
Plus, there's some bonus stuff that it comes with as well. Like you get access to a private page uh, that only course members have access to. You can message me on that page. It's a, it's really dope. And uh, you only pay once to join this. You get unlimited access for a lifetime of the course. So it's not monthly. It's not yearly. Uh, it's a one-time payment. And uh, you can access it from anywhere in the world, 24-7, um, you know, and, and step your content up, your social media up. So come work with me. Check all that out. You can do it at itsmarimarv.com. Barber, so Shannon is back. I'm back. <laughs> back, refreshed. And again, uh, uh, what I told them when you were um, headed off was that uh, we were going to take some questions. He said, Shannon ain't coming back for a while. He came back pretty quick. He's back. He, he's back. So, guys, ask some questions. And, um, oh, what did he say? Marv, what's that again? It's MarvyMarv.com. Just go to itsmarvymarv.com. You can check out all, all of that stuff. All right. So, what I want to do, um, Shannon, is they're going to ask questions. And then I, I kind of want us to answer them in almost like rapid fire mode right. so we can get through um, as many of them as we can so hopefully they're asking some good questions and a lot of questions um guys while you're asking questions i also wanted to add just a little hack for the future when you're tapped into these conversations um watch them on your tv because what i've come to learn is we we all kind of have this little addiction where we like to scroll on our phone a lot and if you're watching this on your phone you might get that urge to want to scroll on instagram or scroll on tiktok or Go check an email or do something. And what will happen is, unless you are paying for the you know YouTube premium, it will end the YouTube live, right? Like it will take you off YouTube and now you're on Instagram, now you're on TikTok and you're missing out on a lot of these gems. Whereas if you were to load up YouTube on your TV or load it up on a computer, you can leave this up, you can watch it, you can keep it on. Then if you feel the urge to scroll on your phone, you can still scroll on your phone, but you're not missing out on the gems. You're still listening even if it's not consciously, unconsciously, you're still picking up um, some stuff. So just for future reference for you guys that are enjoying this, uh, these conversations, start watching them on your TV, watch them on your computer, um, and leave your phone free uh, so that way you can scroll. So let's see what some of the questions are. Um, da, da, da. So Ryan says, any tips to speed up my haircuts? I'm taking over an hour on my haircuts, but I'm happy with the results. I think I spent too much time detailing and going over the same areas. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So what I like to do is I actually wear an apron and <clears throat> I love magnetic guards uh, because on my apron, I have a pocket and I put a, a big magnet there um, that might sound unhealthy. I don't know how healthy that is for a magnet to be that close to your heart. <laughs> However, I'll put this big magnet on my chest inside that pocket and I'll just put the main guards that I need, which is usually a half guard a one guard and a one and a half guard. And I just have them stuck right there. So I'm not constantly turning around, grabbing something. I just pull it right off my chest, put it on, take it off, stick it right back. Um, <clears throat> also, uh, you know, if you, if you are turning around, what I like to do is I have obviously a whole lot of clippers. I prefer to put everything off to the side, except what I'm using that day. I want everything, you know, uh, what I found is if I have a lot of clippers and a lot of guards on my station or a lot of combs or whatever, I take more time trying to find that one, number one guard or that half guard or which which clipper am I going for now? I want to you know be as organized as possible. I want to uh, limit my options so that way, boom, I'm reaching down, I'm grabbing what I need to do, 
And uh, I think that that saves a lot of time. Also, there again, uh, master your system. If you know what you're doing, I, I, I pre-think before I even start cutting their hair. Sometimes even if I know someone's com c coming in, I'm already thinking, what's the best system for their hair? I'm moving through it in my mind before I ever do it. So I once I once they're in the chair and they're draped, I already know what my first steps are going to be. And then uh, I move through those steps as quick as possible. So that way it gives me time to do more detail work at the end until my next one comes in. I love it. And uh, one uh, small thing I would add, I, I could sit here and go on for 10 minutes with some of that. I'm actually going to be um, doing some, uh, I got some lives coming up, guys. So make sure you tune in where I'm going to uh, be having a conversation with a few of the barbers I know that can put out super dope quality real quick. So they're going to come with a lot of gems. Also go on my uh, page and look at one of the more recent lives I did with John Hall. He shared um, a lot of different tips when it comes to cutting quicker because that's the type of barber he is as well. Um, but one thing I would add is do your best to try to only cut the hair once because we, we spend so much time going over the same areas way more than we need to. You know, for example, if I'm balding out this area right here, once I bald it out and get it as low as I need to go, I shouldn't ever have to come back to this area again with a clipper, you know, and when we're a beginner barber and even sometimes seasoned barbers make the same mistake, you know, I bald out this whole area and get it nice and clean. I'll check and make sure I got all the hairs. It's clean. Then I'll go on to my other steps. But then as I'm later in the haircut, for some reason, I'm back over here cutting again when, yeah. you know, just double checking to make sure I got it all. And it's like, no, I, I already got it all. So, you know, do your best to, to, uh, cut the hair once or, it, you know, as minimal as possible. Use the clip, uh, the guards in the areas that you need to use them. If you're going to ball this out down here, you should not be using a two to clean this out and then a one and a half and then a one. You're going to ball it out anyway. So um, do your best to, to cut the hair once. I would also say go ahead and uh, if you're using your clipper, do everything you can with the clipper while it's in your hand. If you're doing if you're using your edgers, do that. You know, if you're using your your shavers, do everything you can with that. So you're not constantly turning around, grabbing a different a different clipper or two all the time. Love it. Game, gems, barbers. Uh, how much do you charge? Now, I know the answer to this. Um, and, and, you know, I, you're obviously going to tell them. But um, is it possible in, in your um, short answer to be able to explain how you got to where you charge? Because there's so many people, especially nowadays with this Internet stuff, they, they see some of these prices people are saying they're charging. Number one, they're not even confirming if it's actually true because what people fail to understand most of us fail to understand is the internet is shock value and entertainment and and we could just say anything on the internet you know so you know there are a lot of people that are just saying things just for the shock value and the engagement right number one um but then what also is cool is there are people that are charging some really good prices like what shan is charging but i think um what's getting lost is a, a process to get there so uh could you share a little bit of insight on that so I charge a hundred dollars a haircut. Uh, whenever I moved to Tampa, uh, I started just like everybody else started. Uh, it was a brand new shop. We had no clientele in the shop and the prices of the shop were $20 a haircut, 25 haircut and beard. That was around seven years ago. Um, I actually, when I wanted to increase my price because I honor authority and that was the price the leaders set in the shop, I went with Tabasio and I said, listen, brother, I think it's time for me to go to my own place. 
And he was like, why? And I said, well, I want the freedom to be able to charge what I want to charge and set my schedule the way I want to set it. And I don't want to uh, cause issues in the shop. And he was like, listen, man, you charge whatever you need to charge. You've earned it. Uh, come in when you want to come in, all that good stuff. So because I had been faithful, you know, there on the team and honoring authority and all that stuff, they gave me the opportunity to start raising my prices. So uh, basically what I did <clears throat> was whenever I started getting people in the chair, I would do my best to lock them in, but I wasn't just trying to lock them in, you know, for the next week or, or you know, every other week. I would try to lock them in for the whole year. And at first, a lot of people, they were not, uh, wanting to book out because I had plenty of openings. So I knew that I needed to create, um, you know, more demand so that I could really push people, uh, into booking out for the year and then believing that was a good idea because if they didn't, they wouldn't get in. So if my book is wide open and they're, and they know they can make an appointment anytime they want, what I begin to do, <laughs> the Bible says, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So I thought, how can I, uh, get people to book out. So what I began to do is go through my schedule. And if I had a couple hours free that day, I was still taking walk-ins at that time. So what I would do is, uh, you know, I would look at, you know, the week and I would say, okay, Friday's got a couple hours open. Uh, you know, Wednesday has a couple hours open and I would block that time off and I would make that my appointment, you know, and, and it might be, I just put Shannon's appointment. So that way I really do have an appointment there on my schedule. Um, I don't have to tell people it's my appointment, uh, but they would say, man, you know, you don't have any openings. And I could, because that was my appointment, I would say, dude, I'm booked out, man, you know, but I'll see what I can do. Now, the cool thing is because I was taking walk-ins, even if I blocked off on that time and no one could make an appointment for that time, I could still make money taking walk-ins. But what that did is it, gave the perception that I was booked out in advance. So then <clears throat> every time people would begin to hit me up and they would say, man, I looked on your schedule, man, you don't have an opening for like a month. Well, I created that demand, um, you know, and there again, I would always give them my cell phone and I'll be like, listen, man, I know that I get booked out. However, here's my number. Hit me up. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to make sure I can work you in. And now that may be, you know, uh, shrinking down my appointment to give them an appointment. Um, but when they looked at my book, I was fully booked. So then I was really pushing this idea, like, listen, man, you need to go ahead and book out in advance while we're doing it. If you're coming every week or every other week or once a month, let's go ahead and put you on a set day at a set time and go ahead and book you out for the whole year. So how many people do you need to actually uh, book out, you know, if you have uh, a quite a few people that come weekly or every other week, it only takes a certain amount of people if you are booking them out for the year uh, to fill up your schedule for the year. So the more booked out I was, whether it's six months or a year, then it gave me, you know, the demand and supply scenario. So, uh, so then I could say, Hey, you know, I'm in demand, man, people want me. Uh, to cut their hair. So then we could talk about, you know, there's coming a time where I'm going to have to increase my price because I'm booked out so far in advance. Now, um, in order to how I actually started raising my price is say we were at 20 and 25 a haircut. I would look at my, uh, you know, basically the average of what I was making. And now I want to really make sure that I was booked out at least a month in advance. So once that was there, I was in demand, I was booked out 
then I would look at, okay, what's the average price of a ticket price, right? So if everyone was giving me, say, average $40, and when I say average, I'm talking about 50% of the people. So I, I like to double my price. Um, so if I'm at $20 a haircut, but the average ticket price is 40 and I'm booked out in advance, I know that if I raise my price to 40, say I lose half the people, I'm doing basically the same numbers with less people uh, to cut, right? So basically that's how I did it. Every time, um, you know, I just got more booked out, the demand grew. Uh, I began to, you know, wait a few months, sometimes a year. And I would say, okay, what is my average ticket price? And I found that at first I was really scared to move from say 20 to 30 or 20 to 40, because I thought, man, I want to lose so many people. I might lose everybody. I don't know. Um, but I was willing to take that risk. And, and there again, because I had half the people giving me $40, those people, I lost some people that, that were paying me $40 and then they left and, and I hit them up and I said, Hey bro, I noticed when I raised my price to 40, you left, but you were already paying 40. Right. Um, why did, why did you leave? And they're like, man, because, you know, I always have tipped you. I believe in tipping and I just can't afford, you know, to give you the 40 and tip. And I say, listen, man, I considered, you know, it, whenever I was, you know, thinking about this, I took that into consideration. I want you to know, please, man, come back, pay the $40 that you're paying. Don't worry about the tip. And, uh, and to try to keep some of those people that I would have lost. Um, yeah. but anyways, what I noticed is people, when I was charging $20 a haircut, it seemed like people were giving me like $2 tip a lot of time. And the people that I thought I would lose, it was only, you know, giving me like $2 tip. When I raised my price to 40, some of them started paying me 60 and it blew my mind because I was like, man, you only tip $2. Now you're tipping 20, you know, yeah. on top of the, the price raise, you know? And, um, and anyway, so basically that's how I did it. I just began to look at what that was. So whenever I was at, you know, 50, 60, a cut, when I raised it to a hundred, I thought, you know, I might lose half the people. Uh, but thankfully I, I might've lost like two, three, uh, because I've built the relationship over time. People wanted to stick with me and, uh, and they were willing to pay the price. And, and, you know, like some people ask me if you're booked out, you know, why, why haven't you went to 150 or 200? I don't know that I'll ever go over a hundred. And the reason being is because I know it's a lot for a haircut. I do not want to, uh, I don't want to hurt people, man. I know I've got relationships with people that I love and, and they are, you know, good clients of mine and it's a struggle to pay a hundred dollars. Uh, I don't want to lose them. Um, but I also have people that give me 200, 160. Uh, I mean, I've got clients that'll come in and, and give me a thousand for a haircut, 500 for a haircut. So, I feel like God's going to take care of my needs regardless, but that's how I did it. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I love how you, um, so you, you basically have gotten to a point where you really enjoy the people you cut in the relationships you have with them and the energy that they bring you. And I was speaking about this with, um, with Andy, when we were doing a live talking about the haircut pricing and all of that and stuff. And I'm like, bro, I just love who I cut right now. Yeah. Like, there's never a time I look on my schedule and I'm like, oh, I got to cut him or, oh, you know, this is going to be a tough day. I, I love the people I currently got on my schedule. I love the conversations we have and I just love the energy of it. And regardless of whatever my price is, you know, there I get handed 80, I'll get handed 100, I get handed 60. I still got people I cut for free. But overall, I'm just happy with the amount of money I'm personally making from cutting hair and I'm more happier with the energy I have 
uh, uh, that, you know, the, the people that are involved in my, you know, my, my clientele right now. So I completely understand why you say, you know, at a hundred, you don't know if you'll go above because you're just, you're getting, you're making really good money from behind the chair and you're, you're happy, you know, cutting the, cutting the people that you're cutting. Um, one thing I would add guys, um, but we're talking about getting booked out for the year. Um, you would be surprised at how many people will take you up on the offer to 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 set a set day and a set time to come in and get their hair cut, bro. Like I, I just started doing this a few years back. It never crossed my mind to do that. Hairstylists do it all the time and different industries do it all the time, but we don't do it. And I didn't think to do it. But then like once somebody brought it up to me, I forget exactly who taught me or, or shared it with me. I'm like, yo, I got to try that. And now when I have people that sit in my chair that I enjoy cutting, that pay me well, the energy's good, I do my best to lock them into a reoccurring appointment. And I always let them know that if for whatever reason you can't make it, just do your best to give me a heads up and we'll figure something out. And rarely do I have issues with any of them. So, you know, I say all that because I'm sure there's an overwhelming majority of you that are tapped into this right now that have not offered the clients that you love to cut an opportunity to set a reoccurring appointment. And I would say to you, do that. How do you do it? Let's say they come in on a Thursday at two o'clock, right? And, and you're cutting their hair and you ask them, you could say something along the lines of, yo, bro, like how often would you like to get your hair cut if you could, you know, like how, how often would that be? Well, you know, I like to get in every two weeks, but, you know, sometimes you're booked and I can't get in. So I'll, I'll go three, but I try to do two. Well, I'm saying, bro, if you want, I can set you a reoccurring appointment for every two weeks. Uh, we could do Thursday at two. Does this time normally work for you? Yeah. And then they'll let you know, like, yeah, sure. I'm off Thursday. So it works actually. Or if you can give me an earlier, it'd be better. Want to do 10 a.m.? Sure. All right. Let's do Thursday, 10 a.m. every two weeks. And if something were to pop up, you just let me know. But if you do that with your clients, more so the clients that you enjoy cutting, that you want to be around, and the ones that pay you good, you'll be surprised at how many of them will actually take you up um, on that offer. And I know my man Shannon co-signs that 100 million percent. (laughs) Appreciate you, Kiwan Thompson. Just graduated. Any tips on finding the right shop? Appreciate you purchasing the Super Chat. I don't know if anybody else did. Thank you to all you guys who always do this. This is super... uh, you, me and uh, Shannon appreciate you so much um, for not only just tapping in, but tipping us, right? It's, it's been for uh, the conversation. So thank you. Um, what's your advice on this, bro? Any tips on finding the right shop? Mm, that's a that, that's a good question. It's a challenging one. Um, I definitely feel like, man, that, that you have to be in a place where you're, you know, celebrated, not tolerated. Um, I also feel like that, uh, you know, um, I would, I would definitely get into a shop where they're not, where, where they're more, you know, involved in helping develop you as a, as a barber. I do know, you know, I read on, on the comments earlier, someone made mention that, you know, that's the challenge trying to find someone that'll actually help you. And I do know there's a lot of people out there, man, that, uh, we call them sharks, man. They're, they're going to try to take all the business for themselves. They don't want to see you succeed. Um, but there are a lot of barbers out there, man, like myself, like Marv, who who we're just here to help. And I feel like the industry is really going in that direction. 
I feel like um, people are starting to realize that uh, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Um, so I feel like there's some good people out there that that want to see you succeed. And I would definitely look for a team of people who there again are going to celebrate you. They're going to push you to the next level. They're going to uh, just open up their arms and say, hey, man, however we can help uh, you grow, we want to be that for you. Um, I do believe it's out there. You know, you may have to look around. Um, obviously, when it comes to the financial side of things, uh, there's some shops that are that are commission and, and there's some shops that are chair rent. I personally will never do commission. I do chair rent. So that's something that I would consider as well. Um, obviously, location is big. I would also be looking for a shop that's busy already. Um, if there's no walk-ins, it's going to be harder for you to build a clientele. Um, but, you know, if a shop is, is you know, booming, um, that's the shop I want to be in, man. I want to have the opportunity to lock in clients. And, um, and you know, if there is no clients coming in, um, it's, it's very challenging. So uh, you don't want to be in a shop where you're, everyone's fighting over a client. I think that's when, when you start getting that shark mentality because everybody feels like they need to pay their bills to survive. Um, so I would definitely look for a shop with a with a business owner who uh, has, you know, developed a good culture where uh, they're again, they're willing to help each other. But also uh, they put some work in to, to, you know, build the name for themselves in the community and it is popping. I love that. And I would also add that you don't owe the first shop that gives you an opportunity, a lifetime of loyalty and. <laughs> It, it can be it can be tough, you know, because when people believe in us or at least appear to believe in us or, you know, just give us an opportunity. A lot of times we can feel this this sense of loyalty that we owe them. And in some instances, sure, we do. Right. But in other instances, it's like, nah, bro, this just ain't it for me. Yeah. You know, so if you find yourself in a shop and it just don't feel right or it's not what you thought it was and. You don't see a real future there. Just know that you can go to another shop. It's okay. And you might be viewed as the bad guy. I was. When I left my first shop, I got viewed as a bad guy. Marv left me hanging. Marv didn't give it enough time. You know, he did me dirty. Whatever terms were used to describe it. You know, long story short, shortly after I left, the shop closed down and, you know, homeboy ain't even a barber no more doing a whole bunch of stuff. But that's a whole other thing. But I say all that because, you know, I, I was looked at as the bad guy. and You might be looked at as the bad guy, too, if you go to a shop and you end up leaving because it's not for you. But that's OK. So um, just understand you don't owe the first shop that you go to a, a lifetime of loyalty. If it's not yeah. for you, it, it, it's not for you. Um, I seen a good question. Well, let, let me add that really quick. Yeah, just sure. um, you know, whenever you do leave, if you need to leave, whenever you do leave, leave the right way. That's important, man. I mean, leave honoring the person. You may disagree with him, but man, do it. Uh, you know, whenever you leave, try to do it in love. You know, try to honor that person, respect that person, um, and just hey, you know, I've tried it out. It's just not the right fit for me. Um, you know, so I just, I've got to try something else. And there again, like Marv said, they may be mad at you, but just know in your heart that you've done everything that you can to leave the right way, because it's been said, whether it's true or not, how you exit a place is how you enter a place. And I've always just tried to 
exit the right way, you know, and, and there again, they're going to still find things. Listen, if it wasn't for Marv leaving, this guy probably wouldn't have lost his shop. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he said that. Um, but so then he wants to put the weight, you know, and the excuses of why he didn't succeed on other people instead of taking ownership. Um, you know, people still talk, but at least in your heart, you'll know I, I did the right thing. You know, I, I left the right way. I agree with that 100%. Ted, Ted, speak to that to confirm that that's exactly what I did when I left. I had a talk face to face, man to man with them and, and shared basically, like you said, like, you know, I, I this is it's not for me. You know, I, I was as honest as I could be, as authentic as I could be, even though the conversation was awkward, uncomfortable, and I was nervous entering it. Yeah. I, I did it what I needed to do. And I did that because I knew that by doing that and by leaving, if I'm viewed as the bad guy, if there's these different things going around about me, it didn't matter to me because I knew in my heart that I did what I needed to do and I did it, did it the right way. And that's what matters, guys. Like, you got to be with yourself 24-7. So you got to be able to sleep good at night. So if you, you know, leave one of these shops in a messed up way, you know, it, it might eat at you. You know what I'm saying? It might eat at you like, damn, maybe I shouldn't have did that. I know the way I left that shop, it, it doesn't eat at me because I had that 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 man-to-man talk and it just, it just wasn't right for me. So good, man. So good. Um... Not saying I've always been right, guys. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Trust me, there's been a lot of things where I'm like, man, I probably had some karma for that. <laughs> you know, or man, I, I would look at it as a learning experience and never do something like that again. So I, I don't want to want you guys to think like, man, Marv's just always making the perfect decisions. and do No, I've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but in that instance, I was very happy with how I handled it. Um, Frankie says, if you could go back in time, what's the best advice you can give your younger self in this barber industry based on your approach and what would you do differently i think the best advice i would give my younger self is focus on relationship um grow your relationship skills and the reason i say that is because uh you know i've seen phenomenal haircutters that can fade better than most but yet they had horrible people skills. They did not um, develop relationship skills in life. And because of that, they can never go to that next level. Um, it, it just, you know, but then I've seen people who actually are, say, mediocre barbers, um, below average barbers that are, they're booked out. And, and I see, you know, their same clients come week after week or every other week. And sometimes I see haircuts walk by and I think, wow, that, that was unique haircut there. You know, <laughs> and I, that was, that was, yeah, that was real unique. And, and yet that person has the biggest smile on their face and they're like, Hey, I'll see you next week. You know? And they, why, why is that? It's because they've developed a relationship, man. And you know what I found out? People are willing, some people, a lot of people, um, are willing to overlook a bad haircut or even a, a off day or bad experience because of the relationship they had. I was telling a story at the class um, that I was at in Fort Worth. Uh, they asked me basically, you know, what's the worst mistakes that I've ever made or as far as messed up and how did I deal with it? And, uh, and man, that was in one day, and this was years ago, it was before I had any of the, uh, you know, the, the red, uh, what are they called? 
the red guards with the little clamp on the back. Um, you know what they're called, Marv? The Speedo guides? The Speedo guards, right? So before I had the Speedo guards, I had my old Walmart, you know, uh, guards. And my number two, uh, it just wore out over time. And in one day, I went over two different people's head with that number two. And that number two guard popped off and I went right in. And the first one was a little kid. And I was like, mom, I'm so sorry. You know, um, can I go ahead and give him a little design, like a little part design, try to, you know, finesse that in some way, like we meant to do it. And she's like, yeah, no problem. The second one was an adult and, uh, and he was not happy about it. And of course he was like, I don't want to design on my head, Shannon. So we had to figure out how to blend it out on um, the best way possible. But I say all that to say is they, they both came back and the reason they were very uh, merciful to me, you know, and didn't go off, even though the, the adult was very frustrated, man. But, uh, but because we had a relationship, he realized, man, I made a mistake. Mistakes happen. It was an off day. Uh, the situation doesn't usually happen. Uh, but he was willing to show me mercy because I've taken the time to build that relationship. And because we had that relationship, you know, he let me slide. I mean, he was honest with me, but he let me slide. And, and I think it's important, man, uh, to build those healthy relationships with your clients, because those are the ones, man, that are going to keep coming back and that they want to see you in and they want to support you. Mm, I love that. Very well said, bro. Um, I would also add, you know, because uh, somebody uh, asked earlier, like, like basically, how do you, you know, de develop, like, how do you develop um, better customer service and relationships and all of that? And I'd, I'd say a couple things, guys. Number one, when you're out and about wherever you are on earth and you are treated well, uh, pay attention to that. Pay attention to like how people are treating you. What are they doing that is making you feel like you're being treated well? And then just try to duplicate those behaviors. When you go in different businesses or deal with people who you feel like are not treating you well, pay attention to that as well. And then yeah. do your best to avoid, um, you know, being like that and, and just paying attention to your everyday life, becoming more aware um, will help you improve uh, your customer service and just your relationship building skills. That's for one. For two, what I'd love to share with you guys is this real quick because I love this. It's an app called Headway. And I think it's like uh, 15 bucks a month, maybe, right? But it comes with these 15-minute book summaries. Yeah. And and it's it's amazing, guys. They're audio book summaries, and you can read them as well. Um, and what I love to do is I throw stuff on in my car all the time. I'm always listening to podcasts, audio books, you know, different things to, to help uh, build myself better. And Headway is one of the apps that I've been using a lot over the last couple months because it takes books uh, and shortens them into 15-minute summaries. And it's got all different types of book guy books, guys, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to communication skills, when it comes to business, when it comes to success, when it comes to finances, any of those like personal development topics that you could think of. You can search within this app and they got tons of books um, for you. Like as you even just see right here, it says the power of habits and 12 rules for life, five love languages, atomic habits, unlimited memory, think and grow rich. Um, it's it's a really dope app to um, help feed your mind and feed your spirit 
with some very, very good information. When it comes to like learning how to be a better human, be a better speaker, be a better communicator, be better um, husband, be a better father. I'm always doing my best to educate myself. Yes, and, and I got to be honest with you guys. I don't really listen to music like that. When we're in the shop, yeah, I have music on. But I don't be listening to music like that on my downtime. I don't really watch many movies anymore. And, you know, some people might say, wow, you're you're no fun no more. But I, I don't know. I'm just at a point in my life where I'm trying to feed myself uh, quality information and higher vibration stuff that is going to make me an overall better person. So I'd rather watch a two hour and 15 minute conversation between Marvy Marv and S craft blends than just some, some BS on social media or some drama filled Netflix series, or I just don't want to do that anymore. So, you know, I say all that because, you know, if you want to improve different areas of your life, there are, there's a lot of information out there that you guys can consume that can help you improve in those ways. So uh, just start trying to invest some time, energy, and even some money into that. Barber. What's so funny is, <clears throat> you know, if you look at people who are ex successful in life or they you know, have influence making a difference, you realize that most of those people are reading. I have the same app. Actually, I think it's a different name, like deep stat. Uh, mm -hmm something like that there's different ones but same exact books and 15 minutes and all that stuff and anyways but leaders are learners and the reality is you have to uh grow there before you can go there mm -hmm. if you're not willing to take the time and to grow and and have that personal development you're not ever going to be ready to to you know step into that place that you want to go yeah i love it and then the most important thing too guys is when you're consuming this information do your best to implement it, you know, because we, a lot of us become addicted to education and information, but be allergic to execution. So, you know, so we got to consume the good info, educate ourselves, and, and then do our best to apply it and just get better and better and better at um, applying. The app is called Headway. Like uh, Shannon's got his two that he listens to. Um, the one that I was uh, referencing was Headway. Uh, but I also use Kindle to read books and I use um, Audible to download audio books that may not be on uh, Headway or if I just want the longer form of the audio book. But I listen to a lot of audio books. I read a lot of books. I could back here. I got a ton of books back here. Like I don't really read these too much, but I take them with me if I'm on a plane or something. But I like uh, reading on my phone or listening to audio books. Um, and like uh, K cuts there says you have to pay attention to what you consume and allow to go into your mind It's super important guys you gotta do your best to make your environment an environment that is going to help you grow because at the end of the day what you guys have to understand is this right you have to understand that you you can't necessarily change who you are but you can change your environment and by changing your environment is going to change who you are right and the 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 analogy that it always works very well is the seed, right? If you're going to plant a seed and you plant it in some soil and it's, it's not being watered, right? It's not being taken care of, or it's just in a bad area. What's going to happen with that seed? It's not going to fully blossom into whatever it could truly become, right? Whereas if you take that seed and you change its environment and you put it in a better environment where it's being watered properly, it's getting the right amount of sunlight, it's in good soil, you know, that seed could blossom into that big, beautiful, you know, oak tree, right? So 
you know, the seed is still the seed. The, the only thing that changes the environment, and by changing the environment, it changed how the the seed, what the seed turned into, right? And you guys are the seed. So, you know, when you guys think about taking control of your environment, it's it's got to go deeper than just where you're located, right? Like your your environment where you're located. Your environment also includes what you're consuming online, what you're consuming on TV, what type of conversations you're having, the people you're surrounding yourself with, what are you reading? That all plays into your environment. So it always amazes me when I deal with people who are suffering from high anxiety and who are always worrying, who are always stressing out. And then when you when you dig deeper, see what type of content they're consuming, they're always watching the news. They're always watching some crazy movies. They're always talking about different things that are just the craziest things to talk about. And it's like, no wonder you're freaking yourself out. Like, look what you're consuming. So, you know, knowing that and hearing that, guys, just do your best to to take control of your environment. Where are you placing yourself? Who are you placing yourself around? Who? What type of conversations are you having? What are you reading? What are you watching on TV? All of that stuff plays into your environment. And if you can't necessarily change the people that you're around uh, uh, immediately, what you can do with those people is change the conversations you're having with those people. Just start changing the conversations you're having and you'll be amazed at how much your life will change because you'll start to see different sides of people that you never seen, which will change your life. Or people will start to weed themselves out of your life because they no longer want to have those conversations with you. And it will, it will free up space to get some new people in your life to where you can have these more empowering um, conversations. You know what I'm saying? S-Crap blends. You already know what time it is, dog, right? Um, bro, uh, I, I want to say I appreciate you, man. We're at almost two and a half hours. I do got one last question for you. But before I ask it, it, it. Um, I do want to thank you again and give you your flowers. Barbers, drop some gems in the chat if you feel like this was an informative, insightful, a high-value conversation between me and uh, Shannon. Flood the chat with some gems. If you could, guys, take a screenshot or take a picture of this if you're watching on your TV. And when all said and done, share it to your story on Instagram. Tag me and S-Craft Blends in it so that way we can show you some love. Um, S craft blends went in, man. And, and, and I appreciate you, bro, because what I hope a lot of people got to see with you tonight is that you're just so much more than a very good hair cutter. You're, you're people was calling you a prophet. You know what I mean? Like you're changing people's lives out here. You're helping people. You're inspiring them in, in ways that expand, um, beyond barbering. You're uplifting humanity as cheesy as that may sound to some people. You're doing it, bro. And, and I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful that we have crossed paths and connected. And, um, you know, we got a lot of work to do in the future. Uh, visions are definitely aligned. Frequencies are aligned. So I want to do my best to keep helping you um, get your message heard and getting your voice out there. So, you know, just from the Barbers community, we want to say um, thank you, bro. We appreciate you. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, man, for sharing your platform with me. I don't take it lightly. Uh, I do believe also that, you know, our paths are aligned and, and that God brought us together for a reason. Also, I just want to say thank you for everyone that supports me. And uh, man, just the encouraging words that you guys always give. It's a blessing. And uh, and I appreciate everybody for, you know, just the love and support, man. 
Yeah, guys, and, and you gotta make sure you follow um, Shannon on, on YouTube. All right, follow him on YouTube. All right, he's got a whole bunch of videos, some really good stuff on there. If you enjoyed this conversation, you're gonna love his content on YouTube, and um, follow him on Instagram as well. I know those are his two act. You're, those are the ones you're most active on, right, bro? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, um, with all of that being said, guys, hit the like button. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't done so already as well, especially if you're really enjoying these conversations. And um, I guess the last question I got for you tonight is, um, if you can narrow it down to at least the one you want to share tonight, what is a gem that has transformed the way you approach your life and your career and help you change everything for the better? So <clears throat> my passion, um, you know, is mindset and identity. And like I said earlier, that you have to grow there before you go there. And I guess my phrase for life is behavior follows belief. And the reason I'm so passionate about identity and our mindset is because uh, I've battled for years with insecurity because of, uh, you know, I was the only white boy raised in the hood. Um, that means I was different because I was the only one, you know, white boy raised in the hood in my time. Um, I spoke a certain way. I dressed a certain way. So then whenever I would get around the white people uh, because I was different from them, I also felt rejected. So I always felt like that I was an outcast, like I didn't belong. Uh, I believed that I was worthless. And because of that, um, I acted that way. There again, behavior follows belief. If you're a man or a woman, a human being, but you believe that you're a dog, how are you going to act? You're going to act like a dog. So if you are, uh, you know, a man, let's say, and, and I'm not, you know, trying to get into the gender thing. It's just a point. But if you're a man and genetics and science and all this stuff tells us you're a man but you know even if you believe that there is a god but somehow god made a mistake and he put a woman in a man's body and you believe you're a woman uh how are you gonna act you're gonna act like a woman uh there again no attack i'm just saying that's just how it is so what happens if you believe you're a loser the reality is you're gonna act like a loser and i proved that to be true man because i felt like i was a loser because i was worthless uh that's how i acted and it got me in a lot of mess. And uh, and today I can say at 44 years old with a beautiful wife, beautiful children, I'm blessed, man. God has been good to me. Um, in order to get from where I was to where I'm at, the main thing that had to change and will have to change for you as well if you want to be somewhere different is you got to change your mindset, mostly how you view yourself. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That word heart there is not the the muscle in your chest that pumps blood. It actually refers to the the deep subconscious uh, mind. So we have the conscious mind, and a lot of us we've learned what to say. I mean, them thoughts just go through our conscious mind when someone says, "Hey, man, how you doing?" We say, "Man, I'm blessed and highly favored." You know, it's just that conscious uh, first response. But if you really, you know, when you walk away from that conversation and you really think about it, you're like, man, my life sucks. Like that deep subconscious level, you feel like, you know, 
your life isn't what it, you know, it just sucks and you feel like maybe you're worthless or whatever. So saying that again, the, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, what you believe about yourself on that deep subconscious level, that's what produces your life. The Bible also says, guard your heart. There again, your deep subconscious mind above all else for out of it flows the issues of life. So if we're talking about the heart or that deep subconscious mind or the mind, let's say, um, the Bible says that basically that, that if you want a transformed life, right, you want a different life that you have to first, you know, renew your mind. What is renewing your mind? Renewing your mind is taking out those old garbage thoughts that aren't producing anything good in your life. You got to remove those thoughts, man, throw them out and you got to start thinking different. You got to meditate, man, on a new, uh, uh, you know, thought process and, and how you view yourself and you got to meditate on it and declare it so much. The Bible says, let the weak say that I am strong. And, and so even though you're weak, declaring you're strong, some people would be like, isn't that a lie? No, we are speaking by faith, uh, into our future. See, God doesn't see you where you're at now. He sees you as a completed project. He sees you as perfect. He sees you as uh, uh, you know, just your, your purpose fulfilled. So he's outside of time and that's how he sees you at the end. So we got to start seeing ourselves for who we really are. I, 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 you know, have this whole thing where I believe that we need to become who we already are. The reality is if I can see myself in the future, the perfect Shannon, the one that's been matured and the one who has uh, uh, you know, done what it takes to, to walk out what God has purposed me to do. If I see that completed Shannon, the way God sees me, I have to believe that that's who I am. I mean, and, and I speak like this guy, I see like this guy, I'm trying to be this guy. So I have to own this guy's identity. And, and then what happens, I be all of a sudden, because behavior follows belief, I begin to start acting like this guy. So, you know what, you know, you might be dead broke today, but I would say if you want to be wealthy and you feel like that's part of your, your, you know, completed or you're finished in, let's say that you are, you see yourself as, as you, you want to have wealth in the future, you need to start thinking wealthy right now, right? You need to start meditating on what it's like to, to, to be wealthy and you need to start opening your mouth and say, I am wealthy. Just like let the weak say that I'm strong. It's not a lie, man. I'm just speaking into my future reality. I'm creating my, my future by the words that I'm speaking. So man, I, I get up every day and I say, I am wealthy. I say, I mean, I just started quoting things that God has already said about me. And, uh, and the more I say it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the more I speak, listen, the world's telling you all kind of crap, man. They're trying to beat you down uh, with their words. They're telling you you're worthless, how you'll never amount to anything. Like I've talked about YouTube haters. There's always people that are going to come and try to tear you down. You've got to silence the critics, man. And you got to speak uh, what, you know, you got to, you got to start talking to yourself, man. You got to encourage yourself. So you need to start declaring the most powerful words in the universe. And that's, I am, I am is the most powerful word. And I believe that 
you know, Marv, I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do. Uh, your dad was telling me that you were raised in, in church and the Bible and stuff. But the very first time God um, tells someone his name when, whenever, uh, you know, Moses is going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and slavery, he says, uh, so who do I tell the Pharaoh who sent me? You know, like, what's your name? And God said, my name is I Am. And I believe that God told us his name was I Am. Um, and then he said, don't use the Lord's name in vain, because think about this. If God's name is I am, and then you say, I am stupid, I am ugly, I am a loser, whatever, you are basically taking God's name in vain. So whenever you speak about yourself, you need to say, I am beautiful. I am intelligent. I am a leader. I am called. I, you know what I'm saying? You start using that I am and speaking not maybe your your reality right now, but who you want to to be, you know, who you see yourself in the future. So anyways, I guess that's what I would uh, really like to hit um, and, and just leave with you, man, that if I couldn't say anything else there again, behavior follows belief. And listen, your life always follows where your mind goes. So listen. You got to, you got to change the way you think, man, change your mindset, how you see yourself, how you see others, how you see life, how you see business, all those things, change your mindset, man, focus on the positive, And then you'll start to feel positive. Um, a lot of times, you know, my girls will say, uh, you know, I just, I've been feeling down. I've been feeling depressed. And whenever I hear, uh, I've been feeling down, I say, you know what? Feelings always follow thoughts. So if feeling feelings follow thoughts, I can tell you right now, you've been thinking on negative stuff. If you think negative, you feel uh, negative. And if you feel negative, you usually do negative. So I said, you want to know how to change your feelings? Just change your thoughts. Begin to think positive thoughts. And then you'll start feeling positive. Speak positive words. It'll reinforce that positive feeling. And uh, you'll start doing positive. So barbers your man said it just snapped man please flood the chat with some gems i was hung on every word i absolutely love that bro beautifully said and and just to piggyback off of that and add a little bit to it a great question you guys could start uh asking yourself to create this new identity within yourself is this what would you tomorrow want you to do today what would you tomorrow want you to do today right so in other words if 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 you want to be in better shape right what would the version of you who's in better shape want you to do today and what's powerful about that is you will have answers right if if you want to be somebody that is more financially secure and better with your money what would the version of you who is good with their money want you to do today? You will get the answers. All right. So that's something to take away as well. The key question, just to reiterate, is just ask yourself, what would you tomorrow want you to do today? And then just start raising your standards and, and living up to that and, and doing those things um, that that God is telling you. All right barbers it's so funny because zachary's like how can i be that wise so many gems we just had church 
gems. You know how it happens, guys? I'm going to tell you this, right? This is how it happens. Because you got to feed your mind this stuff, bro. Like, like Shannon is thinking like this because he's feeding this into his mind. You guys are going to leave from this one conversation with so many profound insights and so much more wisdom because you tuned in for two and a half hours to listen to this. So think about how life-changing that could be just from you tuning into this one thing. So imagine if you were feeding your mind this type of stuff daily and frequently, how much different your life could be. So that's how you get to, to see the world this way and think this way is by taking in these type of thoughts and these insights over and over and over again until it becomes a part of you. And like Plug said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. One day at a time. Just do your best to be the best version of you each and every day. And I love like Kobe Bryant once said something along the lines of just do your best to get 1% better every day. And that compounds over time. Just do the best you can today. Try to be better today and do that every single day. And you'll take your stuff um, to the next level. Plug said, I'm about to cancel rap music. Hey, listen, that's a whole nother rant and it, it, the vibrations that come with that, bro, I don't know how healthy that could be. Just, just, you know, but that's a whole different conversation. But again, Shannon, thank you. I don't know where you went. I think his camera might have died. So I'll give him a second to 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 come back. He might be done. His camera might have died. Um, literal gem talk. Barbers. Uh, CeeLo said, what I've been uh, telling myself lately is I'm going to die. A legendary is he's back. Uh, boom. Took us to church. I said his camera might have died, so he might have been, been gone. But uh, everything, everything just started spinning. I was yeah, like, "Is it both of us or what?" It's because of the gems, bro. It's because you went crazy on here. It's overload, gem overload. It's first time we experienced it. So, thank you again, bro. I appreciate you guys. Go follow S Craft Blends um, on all the platforms, uh, Instagram and YouTube, more particularly. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. And uh, if you haven't done so, take a screenshot, take a picture, share this to your story. Um, Shannon, if you could hang out for like a couple minutes, I'm going to end the live and I just want to chat with you behind the scenes. Um, to the rest of you guys, thank you. Thank you for taking your time to spend time with us. We know how valuable your time is. In fact, it's really the only asset in life. And it's the one thing that you can never get back once it's spent. So the fact that you spent all this time with us, uh, we appreciate it uh, more than you guys could ever know. Uh, if you enjoy this conversation, I, I am going to be saving it to the channel. So make sure you uh, share it with somebody that you feel like will get value out of it as well. And I can promise you it's definitely worth a rewatch. I'm going to rewatch it probably tonight just to, to pick, up, pick up some more gems. So uh, thank you guys again. Until next time, keep chasing greatness. Keep pushing. Uh, keep striving to be the best version of you and take everything to the next level. All right. Barbers. We'll tap in with you soon.